G'day champions. It's been a uh, it's been a bloody solid minute, but we're back with another Bonza convo for you. So strap yourselves in and have a listen to some words from the wise. But first, a quick intro and a shout out. Seeing is believing. Dre and I are both fathers of two beautiful girls, mine, 13 and 14, Dre's two and five. So it seems natural for us to seek out positive role models for our daughters to be inspired by. I speak for myself when I say I believe we need female role models to inspire our girls to think bigger on a local level. Let me explain a little. While it's amazing to see Carolyn Buchanan flying on her bike, Ash Barty smashing aces, Julia Gillard running her country, Taylor Harris flying high for a mark, and so many more incredible women across all sporting and industry codes slaying life. The truth is that there's 13 million women in Australia and becoming an Aussie elite legend is a very small percentage of that number. So define success in this modern day of social media dominance. Happiness, what makes you happy? Success comes in so many different ways. And when we look locally, we find so many amazing women who are business owners, doctors, nurses, paramedics, chefs, CEOs, mothers, coaches, educators, pilots. You get what I'm saying. These women, I believe, who are available for your daughters, they live right next door. Your local area has the most incredible humans. And these are the women that make the best role models for our girls. Like Carrie R. Sam and so many more in our area. Carrie is living her best life and is constantly living and learning. And in doing so, knowingly or not, is most definitely a local role model for our youth. Someone great said, you can't be what you can't see. I think it was Marion Wright Edelman. I could be wrong, but still the phrase is what it is, true. That's why local heroes like Carrie are so important to us and should be celebrated. So without any more of me and my thoughts, please get an earful of this local Omeo champion, Carrie Arsan. From cowgirl hats to trucker caps, Carrie can wear them all. Just quickly, a massive shout out to Earth and Soul, pizza for supporting everything we do not only supporters of it, of this podcast and others like it uh, for example a wholeness podcast with the yoga barber fliss downs to slinging us pizza vouchers and discount codes for the kids of our summer of shred mountain bike enduro series located at mount taylor the crew at earth and soul never shy away from giving a helping hand to those having a go out on the mountain don't forget to download their app and get your orders in nice and early, especially on those discount deal days. So go on, Legends, strap yourself in for another Bonja episode of uh, This Is Our Life podcast with Dan and Dre. And uh, give us some feedback. Uh, send us who you'd like to listen to. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Good on your Legends. Enjoy. Our life podcast with Dan and Dre. It's all working. Andre? Weird. That was weird. How are you, champion? Carrie. Yes. How are you? <clears throat> yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. That's good great. To be here. Who is Carrie? Carrie oh. R. Sam. Why is Carrie? What's Carrie about? 
Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm here because I like bikes. Don't know a hell of a lot about them other than the fact that I ride them. That's all you need to know. That's a good time. I reached out. I reached out because, um, pure and simple, you're a bloody, you know, like a ripper human from the, the, the times that we've been together riding around the place. Um, but you're a local Omeo human. Um, and the reason I reached out is because not only are you local, but you're into everything outdoors. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I guess pretty lucky to grow up in Omeo and, yeah, spent, like, a lot of time on the farm and riding horses and mucking around with the siblings. It's a hobby farm, I heard. <laughs> yeah, small-time farm. No. <laughs> um, good mum and dad's big bucks these days, which is great. Um, but, yeah, and then just, like, super close to Mount Hotham, a lot of times skiing and boarding as a kid, and that's kind of where it kicked off, I reckon. So, spent a lot of time... Yeah, Canada, Japan over the years following yeah, right. the winter. But, um, yeah, I guess mountain biking is a bit of a recent thing for me, but I love it. Like, it's been a really good time. Growing up in Omeo, did you feel unlucky at the time? Um, I think as a teenager I felt really unlucky. Yep. <laughs> like, That's just a teenager but thing. Yeah. Teenager. It doesn't matter where you live. If yeah. You, yeah, but yeah, I know enough teenagers to, um, yeah, that's just a... A phase, um, and then yeah, like not. I don't know. Love it now. Yeah, like, we're always heading back. All the siblings, like yeah. flat out, no me all the time. Yeah, so. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful spot. It is an amazing spot. Now you don't even have to go across the valley to get to a good mountain bike park. There's well soon, soon, soon. There's some there's some good tracks there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I suppose there's a couple open. Keep forgetting that they're drivers and drabbing it. Mm. Yeah, give it time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. I went for a walk to Mount Mesley the other day, or yesterday actually. Yep. Just straight up to the high point. There's a lot of tracking there already, actually. But um, Have you ridden any of it? Yeah, I have. Just that main section that's open and, um, yeah, headed out with a few of the builders, I guess. Just they sort of showed me around to what's there, so that's great. Um, yeah, it should be pretty fun. Like, Just got approved to do 20 more kilometres, I believe. Yeah, yes, I've heard. Um, of black. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like Ooh, now, actual now mountain biking now stuff. Now we're talking. Yeah. Although when you say 20 kilometres, like, oh, gravel riding. <sighs> but you're, it's no green trail. Down, it's down no stuff. green trail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's some steep terrain in there, that's for sure. Like, you get some good views walking up, but then, yeah, you wouldn't be wanting to go over the bars in many places, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I really can't wait to get up there and get a bit of a guided tour from Jordan and the crew mm. and uh, Dion. Dion spent a fair bit of time on that mountain, so super keen to get a bit of a guided tour up there. Can't wait, actually. Mm. Um, and so it's not just – so the bike's been pretty recent, though, hasn't it, for you? Yeah, definitely. So I spent, um, like, outdoor ed teacher by trade, I guess, at the yep. moment. Um, so I – I work at Year 9 campus in Dinner Plain, so oh. all my, like, biking for many years, it's kind of just been taking entry-level kids mountain biking around Dinner Plain trails, which is sort of those beginner to intermediate trails. Yeah. And, yeah, probably didn't really... So as a part of that, we got trained um, by 
Shannon, Shannon, who, yeah, obviously has ATC in various places. And um, we did a short course with him um, as teachers. Yep. And, um, yeah, after a couple of days, he turned me around and asked me what I get up to over the summer and if I want a job. So end up working <clears throat> in the shop there in Bright. Um, he's like, oh, I just want more female representation. And, and I'm like, look, I don't know anything about bikes, <laughs> honestly. And he said, look, I just need someone that you know, rides and knows what they like and can talk to the customers. And and then, yeah, so I started working in the summer for him and did my, like, level one PMBI, um, yep. which is great for me because I've got a big background in um, snowboard and ski instructing. Yep. And that PMBI system got developed from, um, like, the CASI and the CSIA system in Canada. Which is What's not, PMBI? Which is, so uh, Professional Mountain Bike Instructors Perfect. Association. So international... Um, I guess association and it's kind of yeah, it's recognized worldwide, yeah, oh, no. that's yep. it. So, um, it was based on the ski and snowboard instructors model in Canada because Whistler obviously had this really, really big, um, you know, product in the winter, but then the mountain biking was getting huge, and they're like, we don't have a system to teach um, new mountain bikers like mm. they've got coaching systems but it's different because that's professional level yep. where this is more about yeah average punter like they come to the snow like how do we get them um learning to, to bike die. yeah not yeah. die yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sure they would have had plenty of experiences at WIS with that it's why we have green trails now <laughs> yeah precisely so um yeah so did that course um the yuyangs I lost a lot of skin in the Yui's doing that course. <laughs> um, skin grows back. It does, yeah. Felt a bit like a punter myself. Yep. But, um, yeah, I I think, like, probably barely scraped through, honestly, on the technical riding skills, but had a really good, like, skill set in communication and instructing and building, I guess, people up in terms of their ability just with my ski snowboard instructor background, teaching background. So, yeah, yeah so that's where it all began and then just made mates with the guys in the shop and rode with them peeps and, um, yeah, some really great riders that were happy to teach me lots. So, yeah, it's where it began, I guess. Yeah, awesome. And you're moving to Bright? <laughs> yeah, so I've been... People always ask me, where am I from? And I'm like, um... I live in Omeo sometimes, I live in Bright sometimes, I live in Hotham sometimes, sometimes I'm in Canada, sometimes in Japan. <laughs> I don't know, it's a hard question to answer. But, um, yeah, so I've spent the last couple of years, though, um, working at the Alpine School with the Year 9 kids, and then in the winter I'll work ski patrol. So sort of living between Hotham and Bright these days. Yep. Um, What's yeah. ski patrol involved? Um, so we're we're essentially come under like public safety um, for the resort. So it means um, we get out every morning and we do openings, which is about assessing a run for any hazards. Yeah. We mitigate them, mark them, rope them off, whatever, and report on snow conditions. And then once that's kind of done, we sort of float around, skiing around resort, whatever. Terrible and, job. Oh, it's a terrible job. <laughs> Until you get an incident and then yeah. think, yeah. you know, <laughs> course yeah, yeah i spoke to you maybe <laughs> earlier in the season and you had so i think the season started quite busy didn't it yeah and, and that's crazy i think you said you had i can't remember what the number was but the incident rate was yeah huge well like the last so our 
biggest season on record was 1,200 incidences in 2019. Yeah. And then we almost hit um, 1,500 last year. So... And that was like 20, coming straight out of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, straight out of COVID, everyone's yeah. itching to get outside and yeah. go nuts. It was insane. I, yeah, I've never been so sore from running rescue <laughs> rigs. <laughs> I don't usually have good upper body strength, but gosh, I did at the end of August. End of that, <laughs> end of that season, you were yeah, nailing bench lifts. We, we <laughs> and and big trauma too, like. Most patrollers get maybe one femur break in their career. I got three in two years. Wow. <laughs> so a fe- you get one femur break in your career. Yeah, well, some do. Yeah. Um, some get more. But I, like, I would have imagined that would be a pretty regular occurrence. The last couple of years kind of has been. Like, it's been sort of unusual how much trauma yeah, we've right. got, I think. Do you, do you think with skate patrol, that'll come across into the mountain bike? Yeah, it's World? certainly like one of my big concerns. Well, it's been like something that I guess from the ski patrol perspective, probably at Bright, for example, like it's pretty interesting, I guess, like how the management of the Because they do it in New there. Zealand. Yeah. Whistler. Yeah, and they do yeah. it at Maydina. They do it at Threadbow. Yeah, we're behind they do it the Falls Apple. Creek. Yeah, so the standard's certainly been set by a few of those like parks. Yeah. Bright's a little bit tricky in the sense of like management's. Yeah, been a bit of a struggle for them for a long time, which is understandable. Like, there's a lot of stakeholders involved. So I think Australia's hell-bent on be- building runs. Yeah. And not really building access mm. because we're too afraid to lift a bit of dirt, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It seems to be just more kilometres, not actually quality trail is the way I sort of feel about it. Mm. Which, which you got when you've got more kilometres, you've got less access. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As, as, you know, rather than... As you said, machining up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I guess our terrain's a lot different to the, those countries we're talking about too. Yeah, and they've had 20 years on top, but... Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, we're, we're just scratching the surface now. Yeah, that's it. And and I think, you know, they've probably had the data there to show too. And that's what we go on with Ski Patrol. Like, the reasons we put certain things in certain places or we do certain actions is because we're like, well, this has been a hot spot for certain injuries. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, like... I think, because I know Derby's model is their trail builders are, like, quite, like, well, first aid qualified. So I think they're, like, wilderness first aiders, for example. They're on the trails every day because they're working on them. So yep. they end up being first responders, as far as I know. Yep. I think Omeo maybe has been looking at that sort of model, perhaps. But, you know, like, it's obviously a work in progress. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And sorry, just going back a little bit before you were sort of saying when you went and worked for Shannon, shout out to all train cycles, but um, you were sort of saying, oh, you know, I don't know anything about bikes. Is that a, like I know for a fact, three quarters of the males that walk into our shop know bugger all about bikes. <laughs> yeah. right? It's a good point, yeah. So uh, I feel like a lot of, as a shop owner, a lot of females will say, oh, I don't know anything about bikes. I'm like, neither is anyone else. Yeah. That's why you're coming in point. here. Like, yeah. don't, mm. I think females well, seem to, like, it's, um, dwell on that a bit. I or think like, there's some really good studies on um, the fact that, most women, so you know, the whole thing behind like why do we have so little female CEOs in the world? And this is a lot of studies to say that 
quite often the psychology of women is that we won't go into jobs unless we're not like 90 percent sure we yeah, can do yeah. it yeah. where a lot of blokes will go <laughs> oh i'm 60 percent sure Fake i can do this like, job I've been doing that years. Yeah, it's a, and it is <laughs> so, a, yeah certainly a barrier like it's yeah, yeah tough in that sense I, I have this conversation now and then with with my amazing wife who's way more talented than i could ever be um because I always tell Jacqueline, ask for a pay rise. Mm. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, I get paid what I'm supposed to get paid. And I'm like, so? Ask yeah. for a pay rise. It's like, I got paid the money I got paid because I demanded I wanted that money. And if I didn't get it, I didn't work there. As simple as that. So I, I have that argument with Jacqueline all the time. Like, I don't know what whether it's just because the award says you're supposed to earn this much. What's stopping you from saying, mm. I want more because I'm worth more? Whether you are or not. Maybe she <laughs> just enjoys what she's doing. She loves what she does. Like She loves what she does and she's brilliant at it. But just because the letter says you've you mm. got to earn this much, to me that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's a good point. Like It's good to challenge that stuff, Like I think. It's certainly with Ski Patrol at the moment, we're going through a restructure in the organisation, so it's a good opportunity, you know, to say, look, we're... And it, it's a big struggle that we fight for a lot because I'm pretty sure if you work at Woolies, you probably get paid more than a Ski Patrol. That's interesting. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, right. And so, you know, we're under, like, a seasonal casual award, for example, but we're, like, got a first aid skill set oh, that's advanced. We do rope rescue. skill set in we general, do, like... like yeah, and so, so who who pays who employs you oh, as a skip so shop? We're, we're government, so we're under um, what's well, now called the Australian Resorts Victoria. So we used to be under the Mount Hotham Resort Management Board, yeah, which is yeah, sort of like so everyone quite often gets a little confused with how the resorts work in Victoria. Pretty unusual compared to the rest of the world. So, um. Everyone's like, oh, it's National Park, but it's not. So we're like a little island of resort-managed land within the National Park. Yep. And so the wow. Resort Management Board is like the Shire and then we're employed under the Shire essentially because we're a council because we're involved in public safety. So like Vale Resorts, who owns the skiing company in Falls Creek Hospital, for example, mm-hmm. they find it really weird that they don't have ski patrol under their banner. Um, because all the instructors and lift lifties are and all their ticket sellers, they're all under the skiing company, but we're under resort management board, which is government basically, which kind of gives us an advantage in terms of like, I think other resorts say, um, you know, when you, we get exchanges from Keystone, Colorado, so we get American patrollers come over for the season, do an exchange and they work under Vail Resorts. So they get a lot of pressure from the skiing company sometimes to open areas when maybe there's oh, a bit too yeah, much right of a hazard. And, yeah, you know, like, they, there's obviously an acceptable level that they can turn around and just say, no way. Yeah. But we don't necessarily get that pressure as much, I yep. think, um, from sense. what I can see. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we work in terms of why we're unemployed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, year to year, is it contracted? Um, for the patrol? Yeah. Uh, no, it's still... No, not we're just casual workers, I guess, essentially. So you're like constantly, under. like, halfway sure. through the season, you're not sure 
where you're headed to Yeah, exactly. Next. So, yeah, it's usually because it takes so much time to train a patroller. Like, they've got to commit two years minimum. Yeah. But, you know, that's only to when they're trained. So we really want patrollers for five years. So in that sense, you've got a lot of job stability because it's not many people to replace you. Yeah, right. Um, so do they supply accommodation or anything? Yeah, they do. We probably have, a, like, a good accommodation set up in that we've probably got some of the cheapest accommodation on the mountain if you want to live on the mountain. Yeah. A lot of crew live off mountain low and travel up each day from Bright yeah. or Harrietville. So you've got an incredible skill set. Like that, a one-off. It's a one-off skill set. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's, you don't come, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't come across that every day. No, that's right. <laughs> so it's... it's and you've you're got, earning less than somebody at Woolies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's but then you've still got to find your accommodation up there. Well, they find it, but you still have to pay for it. Yeah, you pay for it, yeah, for sure. It's a bit rich, isn't it? Yeah. From the richest people. But that is, that's <laughs> the ski bum life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't now, it? Like, but you get to ski around all day, so you know. That's the scare yeah. bum line. Until someone breaks a femur. Yeah. <laughs> or three. Yeah. At that point, you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if anyone wants to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all right. Gosh, I had a tough chick once that broke a femur. Um, so she went off the side of a run and, yeah, had a big impact on her leg. And, oh, you know, as soon as you picked up her leg, you're like, oh, yeah, bleh, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> And she's like, she's Gross. like, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not what it's supposed to do. Um, and she's like, oh, I've broken my leg, haven't I? And I'm like, yeah, you have. And she's like, oh. she took it like a champ. She's only 23 or something like yeah. that. Should have been screaming. And um, she's like, oh, I had like snow machine festival in New Zealand booked for two weeks. I'm not going to that, am I? position she was halfway down the hill and a um, couple of guests like just public had helped her out supported her and we're trying to figure out how to get it back up and um so we have these things in our rescue sleds called box splints and they're just like these you know two parts with straps on them and you kind of just cinch in the leg usually used for knee injuries ankle knee injuries or lower leg injuries yep um and so we're like oh, all right we'll just get this on to support her and put it on, started swinging her around, and she starts, like, screaming out for the first time the whole period. And I'm like, everyone, stop, stop, stop. And she's like, oh, it's okay, I was just tensing, keep going, it's fine. <laughs> I said to her, I said to her partner at the medical centre, I'm like, she is an absolute weapon. She screamed <laughs> once and she's... Oh, oh so, mate, I carry on like, like a baby. Oh, yeah. Like, right. Most people do, but I couldn't believe that anyway. Get a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, she got one anyway, so. Yeah, yeah and, and when it, when you're kitted up in ski gear and you've got a board or skis strapped to your legs and you're just pulling everything off, everything's would be awkward. horrible. Oh. Everything is awkward. Yeah. There's nothing. I, I had a mate, I've got a great mate who's Fijian, Fijian Australian, and uh, loves going to the. He's no business being in the snow, Fijian. Sakobi. <laughs> anyway, he zigged when he should have zagged and gave his best impression of a bloody Jamaican bobsledder. I think he busted his neck and got he he praised it, the ski patrol for getting him out. He was he was amazed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you guys do an incredible job 
for the same pay as a checkout at Woolies is insane. Well, yeah, it'd be great fun, but how how often how many days do you get out there skiing where there's you're not sorting people out all day? Don't answer that honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see, I can see you like oh, I've got to write this down. I've got to write this down. It's like twenty three dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, you obviously live the dream. Your dream. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky, like, I think. No, it's not luck. I worked hard for it. Yeah, yeah. worked hard. It's true. Um, yeah, I think I sort of finished school and I was actually enrolled to do pharmacy. I don't know what changed the game. Oh, I think it was I took a season off. Like, I took a year off to do a gap year type thing and moved in with a couple of girlfriends up to dinner plane. We worked hospitality and stuff, but we had a ball. And I think after that, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to do something that's really fun with my life. Like, always wanted to just, you know, didn't want work to be work. I wanted it to be a good time. So, yeah, been, I think, you know, pretty, yeah, worked hard to get there. But, you know, lots of things have fallen into place for me in that sense. And, yeah, like, um, spent a lot of years instructing and loved it, but, Ski Patrol is, you definitely get the vibes, their lifetimers, like, they're, they're, yeah. we've got, you know, it's pretty amazing that we had a volunteer ski patroller, so we're really lucky at Hotham, we have a really strong group of volunteer patrollers as well as paid. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I'm, like, part of paid ranks up there, but our volunteer patrol is full of very talented medics, very talented people in general from all backgrounds, um, so they definitely feed into our resources hugely, but I think it was... This year, one of our volunteers got his um, 50-year service award. Oh, wow. We've been trying for that long. Yeah, right. And so, like, yeah, you know when you're in a place like that, if people can come back for, like, 50 years, yeah. like, yeah, it's a good place right. to be. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is certainly, um, you know, if, you, if you're into the outdoors, Omeo, awesome, bright, beauty, that area is pretty amazing. And and, they, and you do see, you know, for years and years we've been going up and down hunting and riding and fishing and you see the same people every up there and they're living it, whereas whether it's rafting, paddling, snowboarding, skiing, backcountry stuff, it's got it all. Yeah, that's it. And, like, I think something that, yeah, like I've been so passionate about in terms of mountain bike trails getting built at Romeo is I think that'll just be the beginnings of people realising, particularly that area, like I think Bright's been really good at marketing that product mm -hmm. for a long time. But Cycling in general, though, at yeah. Bright, not not just mountain biking. Mm. Yeah, all that, yeah, the road cycling brought it on. Yeah. Mm. It was on the back coattails of that. Yeah. But it's well and truly taken over the road cycling. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, everywhere. Do people even ride road bikes anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, I've got a really personal question to ask. Yeah. Ski or snowboard? So I'm a snowboard patroller. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually ski a bit. I do like yeah, it. Yeah, dabbling in the dark oh, side. The skiers are getting gnarly these days. Compared I don't think to skiers have ever not been gnarly. It's just mm. skiing's pretentious. <laughs> They're all pretentious. Are they? Yeah, I, I don't know because I hate snow. I've never... So. <laughs> I, I can't think of a... Apart from Gary... It's cool. We were talking about before. <laughs> Gary's the it's only cool. skier that I could ever possibly relate to. Oh. I think. 
There's some good ones out there, though. Do you know what's actually a very attractive trait, though, is a good telemark skier? You watch a good telemark skier. Hang on. Whoa. That's the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not a snowgoer. When they stretch out, telemark skier? So free the heel... Free the soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. hell, are we talking about free riders? No, nah, so um, telemark skiers, like they just look like regular skis, really. They've got hard boots, but they don't lock the heels in. So the style's a bit different, and they'll, you know, sort of get that full body rotation and drop the knee and, like, really, yeah. Looks European. Do they yeah. have dreadlocks? And do you, if they can really... <laughs> dreadlocks, yeah. But if they can free, you know, like some of the most talented... Um, Telemark skiers I've seen are like full free ride too. So, you know, they can ski backwards and telemark backwards and yeah, anyway, very impressive skill. Probably because it's the only one of the snow sports I can't do. So. Have you have you tried it? I have a little bit. It looks, so it it's looks so crazy. hard. Yeah. And it's such a burn Ruby, on your bring legs. Bring that up. Yeah. Ruby's here in Google. the pod room and our Google Free. Freestyle telemark skier. My next very personal question. Yeah. Falls or Hotham? Oh, Hotham. Freestyle That's where my heart is. Skier. Really? Yeah. Based on your heart or terrain? Uh, oh, terrain too, for yeah. sure. Yeah, like I spent a bit of time at Falls this year, but um, yeah, I think because I grew up there, I know it like the back of my hand at yep. Hotham. So it's kind of that... And, I think the best mountain's the mountain you know the best. Yeah, that's fair enough. And so, like, you know when there's good snow where the hits stashes are. are yeah, you're going to yeah. be ahead of the crowd. Like, you just got all those, like, crazy little, like, ridge lines or bowls that no one knows about. Those, you know, sections through the trees. Like, and it's the same, like, spending years, even in Canada, like, spent a lot of years at Whitewater Ski Resort near Nelson in BC there. And, yeah. Is there snow in Whistler? Is there snow and whistle? Yeah, that's it. And yeah, this place is just like big free ride, big boulders, pillow lines. I'm sure there was a thousand places in BC that just as good. But yep. when you know it so it's well, it's a track. Yeah, yeah I you get it. Go. Yeah. Righto. Tell, oh. Telly Mark, skiing, free the heel, free the mind. That's exactly what you said, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Might have got one word wrong there. That's okay. Did I? No, you, you didn't, I think. You good? I'm learning about there it. You go. Carry on. Yeah, I'm just we, learning. Will, we will be carrying <laughs> Yeah, Falls, Falls. I always, I liked Falls because there's a lot, uh, I, I want to use the word playful. Like, it's jibbier. It is. Certain that summit area is yeah. like super playful yeah. yeah you sound like you know what you're talking about i, was, I think you're just using bmx terms time, and talking about snow spent a lot of time <laughs> snowboarding a lot of time less less so in the last probably seven years but leading up to that was day in day out oh yeah that actually looks like good fun <laughs> go and go and give it a go except he's you looks like bunny. a michelin man you snow bunny <laughs> Yeah, so not for me. Whistler. So you go. So you chase the seasons in Whistler, or do you work? No, in Whistler? not Whistler. So Whitewater. Sorry, yeah. I apologise. No, that's okay. So do you work over there, or do you just chase like? Um, I used to instructing for a few years. Yep. And yeah, so, so yeah, like everyone is. 
it's easy for people to say that because people go, oh, you go to Canada, you go to Whistler. I'm like, oh, no. Well, yeah, because it's, it's the first... And, yeah, it's the first thing that yeah. comes in your head. Yeah. yeah, no, like Whistler's insane. Like when visited friends, they live in Squamish um, this winter, their winter, the northern winter just gone. And I have been to Whistler before, but it was a few years ago, but the terrain is insane. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, it all transfers to mountain biking too. Like you can see, like it's so expensive to go and you know it is like a little pretentious i think particularly in the winter maybe like it gets those vibes yeah right but you can see why people go like it is ridiculous terrain yeah like so good our um, man tommy's over there now oh enjoying the summer nice he is. yep having a ball yeah that's sick bike packing around but um yeah so first time to canada ended up in Whitewater, though, which is near the town of Nelson, and it's really close to the US border, only yeah, a couple hours away, I reckon. And pretty like alternative community, particularly when I first started going there. Um, and just three chairlifts, I think. Like, yeah, actually, right. two of the chairlifts are super old school. Probably, I think they're secondhand chairlifts from <laughs> Whistler, maybe. Don't quote me on that. How shady is that sound? Yeah, but they've got like these little wooden seats that have been painted green, and there's like just a two seater, and they've got this center bar. And from the center bar, there's like um, kind of a bar that drops down in front of your lap, but it's not. It's sort of on like a bit of a hinge, and if the chair gets bouncy, it just bounces up, bounces up. And so on the days that the chair was really loaded because it was powder day. And if the chair stopped because it was so heavy, it bounced so hard on the cables that you'd like bounce and you'd swing up and look at the cables and bounce and swing <laughs> down and look at the ground. <laughs> like it was just insane. Um, so that was super retro. And then, um, yeah, it was just a, a like a ball over there. They just get really nice, like their um, interior VC, so good dry powder, but an area that gets deep. Snow as well. It yep. doesn't get that cold either from what I'm looking at. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're right. It's compared to, yeah, like Banff area, like it's pretty mild. Yeah. They're very spoilt in that area. You yep. go out on a day where it hasn't snowed for a couple of days, they've groomed the runs. It's just like chalky, grippy groomers. It's really fun. Like if you got that in day. Banff. This is in um, Whitewater. Yep. And if you got a day like that in Australia, like it would be your best day. Like yep. that would be yep. the winning day of the season. And the locals come in and they're like, oh, it's a bit icy out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Every Aussie, every yeah. you see all the Aussies it's, running out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hectic over here. Yeah. It's hectic. So um, I've got a question mm. for you. Being, being a you know female in the industry that's worked in the same industry all around the world, is there a difference between working in BC versus Japan or Australia? Oh, I guess they're all sort of different in different ways. Um, but probably in essence, not overly different. It's kind of the culture that drags you to places like that, I think. Yep. Like everyone's kind of... Well, it's like mountain biking too, hey? And like Culture's ev- pretty... Yeah, everyone's kind of like sharing the same stoke and the same experience and that's why we're all there. So that's why you connect. Um, Like obviously the terrain is quite different um, and the snowfall, but yeah, I don't know. Like you end up working with very similar type of people. I'll often end up at Hotham 
they'll be looking at someone going, <laughs> I know you from somewhere. And then I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's Dave from Whitewater. It can't be the same person. Everyone just has the same look, hey? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're a ski bum in yeah, Australia, yeah. a ski bum in Canada. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess certainly where we were for a little while, um, so you do find that you do cross paths with a lot of the same people. Yeah, it's kind of the amazing. Col- the culture shift is not dissimilar to in wherever you go. No, not overly. Like, I think the big thing about being whitewater is everyone, very different to Hotham, everyone's there for the season. Everyone's seasonal, pretty transient a yep. lot of the time. I think Falls is quite different that way. Like, people live there year-round and there's primary school there and... You know, usually the guys that live there year-round are, you know, skiers and boarders in the winter and mountain bikers in the summer. Um, yeah, that's it. And that's similar. Yeah, Jindabyne's probably similar. Um, and that's a similar vibe. I got in Whitewater because, yeah, everyone lives in town for summer and, like, for the winter. So, you know what I'm pumped, like, speaking of that, speaking of that I'm pumped for Omeo because mm. their education moving forward with the mountain bike park now, you're going to have... Know, mountain bike school, yeah, yeah, as well. You know, as as rafting school and that. I think I think it's awesome for this side of the state. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Versus the other side of Victoria, over the, you know, Bright, Dindy, Threbo, all those places have mm. got that, whereas we don't yet. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's super exciting. Like I was thinking, only thinking about the other day when my two year old niece was scooting around on a balance bike, and yeah, she she hammers and like tries to go off the end of the slab that they're building for their shed and and I was like wow like she'll be that next generation of the cycling club like you see yep. all the Alpine Cycling Club kids over at Bright mm, and yep. like the progression that they've had like they've had it since then exactly yeah. do you know if Omeo started up a, a like a club type yeah. thing there's a, um, there is a club mm, is yeah, yeah there's a couple there that are keen to get I know there's a few locals, particularly Keen. I, I know like kids a club couple of stuff. locals have mentioned that they've yeah. talked about a club, but I'm not sure. No, that it's they've up got an affiliated or... club up there, I'm sure yeah, right. of it. That's managing. Ruby, mm. look that up. Be- Omeo yeah. Mountain Bike no, Club. I'm sure because they contacted Jacinta. Is that oh. not the board of the. I don't think so. I could be. Mm. I don't know. But anyway. I've seen a, yeah, I've seen a few pages in terms of like the Mount Bike Park. And then I don't know if it's affiliated with that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But you could be probably, right. I'm probably I'm, speaking at school. I'm, I wondered whether you were going to put in for the job. <coughs> the job. Oh, yeah. yeah. The job. You are a candidate. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. See what happens, I guess. What do you got, Ruby? What did you find? Uh, Omeo Mountain Bike Park. Omeo Mountain Bike Trail Update. Omeo Mountain Bike Destination Project. Trail Forks Omeo. But if it's such a small thing, it's probably got no Google traction anymore. No, so it's not an official so, thing yet, from what I can see. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Right, get onto it, Omeo. <laughs> yes. I'm sure we'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ridden over in Canada yourself? Or, like, you've done the ski thing? Have you ridden? No, it's, it's kind of been a bit of a... Um, uh, yeah, I'm feeling torn these days, hey, because I'd love to now go and ride over there. Um, had a couple of friends this northern winter ski with me, like, at Whitewater. And then they were going to do a, like, rafting trip in the Grand Canyon. And then the next part of the trip was going to Moab and mountain biking there. And I was like, 
quite love to do that. Um, so, yeah, like, I think it's on the cards, though. Um, have to have a think. Definitely keen this summer to head to Tassie. I've only spent a little bit of time in Derby and um, love to check out the rest of the trails down there. Um, but, yeah, I see what happens, I guess. Tassie's have got trails going on everywhere. Tassie's a fucking vibe. Yeah. The joint is sick. It always has been. It's sick. You get like when you just drive in there and you know that when when you're driving in the Derby, there's no because you know there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. It's the best. You can't disperse and go, you know, one pub up there and then party venue there or whatever. Everyone's, Everyone's at the same yeah, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they've yeah, got it going on. Yeah, it, I've only been to Derby in the bottom fridge, Ruby. Yeah, I haven't done Maydina. Maydina was pretty fresh when we were at Derby last, mm. but I've done Derby three times now. I've cancelled Derby five times. Oh, I checked that one. There's no downstairs, mate. There's... Yeah, there is. There's we're fighting over beer. There's random ones. They're the best kind of beers, Rue. Oh, get whatever there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Derby's awesome. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I really do want to get back to Derby. We did, um, group of mates went down there um, and stayed. And we did the whole, like, in one day, Bay of Fires, Blue Tier, um, Atlas. Your bum would have been sore, isn't that? A, that's oh, quite a cl- few kilometres, I think. Bay of Fires is pretty long, oh. isn't it? I can't remember how really. much it's it is. It's like thirty six k's or something. Yeah. yeah, that's long enough. Is it right? <laughs> oh, that's right. You're a road cyclist, so <laughs> if it's less than one hundred and twenty, I don't even notice it. <laughs> it was alright. Anyway, <laughs> I would have. Had a, I would have been whinging about a sore bum. I would have had the chamois on. <laughs> I, I want to see you in lycra one day. Put the, the best thing ever. <laughs> Frosty, see me in lycra. <laughs> that's a fair old day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But then it was pretty wet though, and I think the net. So that day there for three days, but I think across like two days or three and a half, two and a half days, we got two hundred mil of rain or something like that. Oh wow! So it was just more like sliding, but it was pretty funny because um, <laughs> um, it was pretty funny because it's a bit like skiing at that point or boarding because if you crash, you just slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you end up filthy and. Blistery because you're riding in the wet. Yeah, yeah, it's tough on the bikes, that's for sure. What are we drinking? I don't know. Random stuff in the fridge. Um, we we were eating. We were eating Earth and Soul. Yeah, shout out to Earth and Soul. Thank you, champions, Earth for another soul. another lovely pizza. I can't drink this beer. It's one point eight. I will not be able to drive home. So I'm grab gonna, another one. No, no. I'm, <laughs> this is one point seven. How wasted do you want to get me, Rue? <laughs> That's alright, I'm stirring you up. 1.5, a little less. There you go. I'm into it. <laughs> Cross that bridge. What bike you riding at the moment? Um, I've got a stumpy Evo Elite. Oh, that's why. That's the only reason you're in here. <laughs> She's not a specialised. If you were riding a Trek, you wouldn't have got a seat in this joint. Yeah, I first, first called Julie was a Trek, I think. Hey. And, um, yeah, but then went... YT and yeah, the stumpy now. Um, but it seems to be what everyone rides in bright, honestly, at the moment. But it's great. Yeah, and Shannon, I like that killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah How capable are they? Those so oh. ridiculously good. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, I got the stumpy Evo. Mm. 
and I don't keep bikes very long, and I kept the Evo for nearly two years. Yeah, right. That good. There you go. Yeah. The most amazing trail bike, capable trail bike I've ever ridden. Yeah, definitely, yeah, feeling that. And I think it's interesting because, like, you know, I say I don't know much about bikes and I guess, like, it's and honestly, you know, maybe I'm not enough of a tech head. I never have been with skis or boards either. So people will be like, oh, you know, what are you like in terms of your camber with your board? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, like, it's all about feel for me. And because I'd probably thrash a board before I get another one. So, like... It's interesting now. So you just adjust the way you ride. I like that. I think a little bit. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the same with brakes. People go, what sort of brakes do you like? I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Really. Like, I just work it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's what I say to a lot of people that are getting into riding. It's like, what should I get? I'm like, well, you know, there's a bunch of bikes that will suit you. And you'll just learn to ride what you have. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. But I think... Now I am sort of getting to the point in my riding where I was like, so I jumped on another friend's bike recently just because I didn't have access to my bike. It's been sitting on the trainer most of the winter so I can keep riding. But, um, yeah, borrowed their bike and I guess just not quite as nice a suspension. And you're like, oh, okay, now I get the difference. Like yep. I didn't get it when I got first onto my bike when it was new, but like going back a step, you're like, okay, yep. now I can see. But... Yeah. You, you wait, what suspension are you running on the Stumpy? On the Elite? Fox yeah, Factory. That's the wrong question. <laughs> so that'll be Factory. Factory. That'll be a factory, yeah. Fox, Fox Factory. Yeah. Fox yeah. Factory, yeah. 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 So you jump, on, you jump on, you jump on like <laughs> EXT, Shock, and Fork, and then it's a whole world difference. Again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a world of yeah. difference as long as you know how to adjust it. And that's to work, because yeah. it's so but you don't, so like, much adjustment in those things. When you're sort of spending that sort of money, though, you know what you you're yeah. getting it. You're yeah. getting it sorted. Yeah, you're yeah. getting it sorted out before you get on the bike. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And anyone that's selling your EXT suspension will sort you out on the bike. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's Shout out to Trav at MTV Suspension Works. <laughs> Do you like that leading? That's pretty special, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> that's great. Like, yeah. that's, well done, Scott. That's a whole that episode of just shout outs, just shouting out. Oh, just shouting out. Yeah. My shout. Uh, Hotham. So, moving forward in you know with the, this climate, they're too late. That we're they're too late. What, what are you talking about? You're about to say when are they going to open up bike tracks? No, I'm not talking about that. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. too late. No, with now, winter's being shorter, moving out of, what did we just move out of? Yeah, but have they? La Nino. Man, now we're moving this. to El Nino. They say this, but like two, three years ago, the seasons up to this year were pretty fucking yeah. good. La Nino and El Nino, like, yeah. nah, not much to do with our systems in terms of snowfall. So, do, like, with, do you think our winters will be getting shorter? Uh, yeah, like in reality, I don't think we're really going to have a viable ski industry in the next probably 30 years. Like. So, this is what I'm leading into. Yeah. Oh, is Hotham, st- I think Hotham is still going to be as busy with a shorter season having Bright Mountain Bike Park on one side and Omeo Mountain Bike Park on the other side. Mm. So, is there room for Hotham to imp- improve their um, hospitality Accommodation, Omeo's accommodation, all that sort of stuff moving forward. What are your thoughts being like that in that mountain world? In mm, I think, yeah, certainly like being that through road, 
you just got to give them a reason to stay, hey? Like, it's... Yeah. And Omeo is kind of the same. Like, it's always kind of been this through town. Mm. People going out camping, hunting, fishing, whatever they do in the area. And, yeah, it's a little bit of a switch in terms of that thinking process for businesses and organisations. Because it's the same in Omeo. Like, the weekends often the the butchers and the bakery might close... And you're like, well, yeah, coming yeah, through yeah, the, where yeah. you get your bread and your sausages to the yeah. barbecue, like, yeah. shut on Mondays or something, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And you're like, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's I don't know, like, falls sort of, I guess, seems to have it worked out a bit because they've got quite good trails in the summer. They've been putting a lot of money into them. Yeah. Um, and they're not they're a through road, but not the same as Hotham is. Like, I would say it's more. not. I'd no. say it's a one way. Yeah, if yeah. you go to Falls, you're going to Falls. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah. Barely anyone comes up back Yeah, way, Falls is kind of like just going to Painesville. You know, like, yeah. well, you're just going there. Yeah. You can't yeah, go any further. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not driving through it. No, that's no. it. So, yeah, there's certainly heaps of potential. It's interesting. So when I was at uni, um, we did a case study on um, the – impact of fire frequency on tourism in the area. And so we went around and interviewed lots of organisations within the Alpine Shire area and went and spoke to, I don't know, oh, I was like Rich and Rose used to run a lot of mountain biking hire out of Dinner Plains, so they were another stakeholder and they do horse riding and then we talked to parks and we talked to resort management. And, saying, and I think I asked the question is like, why don't you create more summer activity attraction because that's going to make you know the resort more viable long term because mm-hmm. the reality is if you're only relying on this short window if you've got all these impacts from fire like road closures or um you know even on the Harrietville side I guess all those trees burnt and there's instabilities and if the road closes and you know so you've got this sort of backup and uh, it was just interesting that like they weren't really interested in it. Like, I guess it's such a moneymaker in the winter that maybe, and I don't really know, but maybe they, the they didn't want to put the miles in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you know, you look at places like Threadbow and it's crazy busy it's in the seen, summer. It's, like, it's insane. Do you reckon there's, because Hotham's a bit of an anomaly with it's being wrapped up with the government? Because I don't think Buller's yeah, like it, that. You're right, yeah. And Falls no, um, isn't. Buller's sick. Buller, yeah, so Buller's interesting because it is technically like that. Oh, is it? Yes, but there's still different entities that are owned by the resort. What about so the What about the accommodation up there? Can you own it or is it leased? Um, so the, yeah, I don't know. So there's certain places that are freehold and certain places that are leased. So there's in, and I don't know about the other resorts yep. at all. Um, but there's certainly like Hotham has a small amount of freehold, but very little. Like the rest is all leased. Leased, yeah. So, yeah, like it's some, and Hotham's interesting because there's heaps of lodges. Like there's a couple of big places like the Alberg that has multiple apartments, whatever. But all the lodges are owned by separate clubs. Yep. So it's kind of up to the club whether it's worth their while, um, yeah, opening up for summer stuff. Because yeah. everything you're saying is what we all talked about, like going back to like 20, 2008, 2010. Yeah. That period, we like we had the same conversations because Beechworth was doing the mountain bike thing. Bright was just about on the up and up. Like we were still di- Mystic was a thing, um, but you didn't have like Hero Trail or anything. Like that. No. It was just Mystic Mystic Line and a couple others. 
and everybody said the same thing. They go, well, why doesn't Hotham do this? Because Falls is starting to do this. Mm. And it's taken Falls 15 years to get to where it is now. But Hotham has always just felt antiquated. Oh, like, I found even, like, the people up there, like, as much as it's your favourite mountain, it does feel like Falls is a much more party yeah, party mountain. It's got a village, hey, Falls. Is that like, that's probably what yeah. it is? Cause it just brings everyone back. Yeah, it definitely. Is. Got, Hotham's got the Jenny. The Jenny, yeah. Swillers <laughs> and like, and Zerfies. yeah, <laughs> and the bird and this mountain. No, <laughs> but, but I know he's saying it doesn't have that village. It's kind of awkward travel. People don't. Weird. There's yeah, not people that live there year round. Like yeah, Falls no. has people that live there. Year that's round. right. And yeah, and, and which is why the whole like them holding back the reins on the mount, the summer sports. I just I was going to automatically say mountain biking, but I mean there's heaps of walking tracks up at mm. Hotham. And they so. have pushed that a lot. There's a couple of been a couple of people in the resort management that are really like focused on that. The walking side of things. Yeah, but you know at the same point. Like, maybe what that's what they're trying to do dif- differentiate. Maybe they've accepted the fact that they are so behind the eight ball because mm. they could you couldn't. For you to bring mountain biking up to a, a almost even playing field, you'd have to pump in millions yeah, of huge, dollars. Yeah, huge, yeah. and it's got to be like the biggest jumps in the country. Yeah, otherwise no one's coming because you can stop at Bright. Yeah, on the way up, and in or maybe Falls, it's already there. Maybe you're right. Like maybe you sell it more as a regional thing in a sense that, like, hey, if you put yourself here, stunning, beautiful location. You've got Omeo one side, Bright the other side. And if you go a little further, you've got like another five parks so yeah. you know maybe go take that direction as well but it doesn't sound like they're going to though doesn't seem like they're going well, to they don't yeah. need to do that now well, well do they do need to though this do is they? this is what well, this is what we just you were saying before with the shortening of the winter seasons they've got to do well, something well, so they don't need to do it now because they've got they can advertise the fact that if the snow's not good the mountain biking's better mm. just down the road potentially yeah it's interesting though like uh, talking to the owners so, of the Jenny, like they've got their Mount Dreaming's apartment they run all year round and they just said it's their easiest money. Like they should have done it years ago. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Wait, certainly what have they got? They've got accommodation now. They oh, never used to that have looks it. out to oh, the... Yeah, beautiful of, Yeah, to the south east. Oh, it's sort of south. Oh, it's like, almost due south. It's sick. Yeah. Is sick. It? Sick views. That's the best spot to look out over that way. Yeah, it's, it's stunning. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, like, Sorry and Shaggy there, they're like, yeah, easy money. They should have done it a long time ago. Yep. Um, so hopefully more people buy in and realise that. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. It's um, going back to that lease thing, it's, uh, it'd be pretty scary, I reckon, to be... I don't know what the lease agreements are, but you could imagine you're, you're looking at Falls and Buller and all these other places are doing summer sports, winter's good, and you're just looking at Hotham going, it's a 99-year lease. And they're only doing winter. Do I really want to spend the money and lock this up? Because I don't own it. It is a lease. Yeah, yeah. So it, if if I had if I had a chunk of money, I wouldn't be spending it at Hotham. Not if I wanted to return on it. I wouldn't either. I hate the snow. No, it's not about <laughs> the snow. It's not about the snow. It's about return on investment. Yeah, and, it's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a shame because it, it the the terrain is the best, as you oh. said. So it's steep. Yeah. It's open. It's <laughs> it is prime candidate for mountain bike tracks. Pro- yeah. Like you could build seminar shit because mm. yeah. it's just so open. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. brilliant. It's an awesome train for and sure. Like, be- like you look at so a lot of friends in um, 
Over in Canada, the areas they take their bikes to, there's no trails, you know, it's just free ride zones. Yep. Like, our trains were, oh, some places you get that scree, but yeah, like you totally look at areas in Hotham and you'd like, it'd be a whole nother ball game yeah. in terms of riding as well. Um, yeah, and that, you're right, that terrain's just like insane. So many times I've hiked in the winter again, because I go back to this zone sometimes, but um, hiked crew up to the extreme zone at the top of Mary's there of like gotcha kios lift and it's like wide out like you can't see these guys are from the brits or canadians and have been there and they're just like gary where are you taking us i'm like don't worry it'll be worth it like it's gonna be so good and you're standing on mary's and mary's slide gets this big cornice and you can't see it when you sit in the fog so i'm like i'm a boarder and i don't have poles so i'm like you guys have got poles just like whack the edge and see if you can find the cornice here somewhere and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to just drop off this corner. But we don't know where it is. So we <laughs> and, um, You're and okay he, with that. Yeah, it's fine. Like, and, um, Local <laughs> anyway, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's just here. I'm like, okay, cool. And he was like, yeah, launch off the corner, strain soft snow, like the fog always, like above the corner. So you can see like full viz and just huge bowl, big turns, like the whole way. And these guys are like, this is not Australia. I'm like, yeah, really? Is that that drops into the t- village on the high side of the village? Um, you end up going. Oh, sorry, bottom of Snake Gully. Sorry, bottom of Snake Gully. No, so you go, you get up Heavenly, yeah, and then you traverse across the ridge, and then you drop down on the outside of the Heavenly area onto Gotcha Chair. Yep. Up to Gotcha, and Gotcha's like where Keo's Gotcha meets Keo's. If you go to Keogh's side, that drops you to Orchard. But then there's, like, this big area that's called the Extreme Zone. Oh, I've never been over there. Yeah, yeah right. It's, Sick. It's, yeah, the fa- yeah, definitely the favourite spot. It's, like, gnarly if the conditions aren't good. Like, people go in there and melt freeze and oh, they've got fuck. to rescue them with ropes. Yeah. But if they don't know what they're doing. Um, but when it's good, it's good. Yeah, because yeah, it's north. they would be north-facing. So. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So, yeah, it's really, really good. Or it's more, well, actually, it's south-facing. Is it? Yeah, so... Oh, because it comes back around yeah, itself. Yeah, that's right. it. So, and it's... So, we always want south-facing slopes in Australia. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. So, you don't... In the, in the yeah. summertime, these spots, are they open to free-ride bikes? Could you go in there? I don't even there? know what the deal is with that, but I don't... I can't say. I don't see why not, because maybe you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, imagine well, bikers that. out there. Like, yeah. I don't understand why bikes can't be. People ride along the four drive tracks to go out to Derek's hut or something on, you yeah. know, e-bikes and things. So, yeah. Like, You're right. So, I guess so, so, so there is the... E-bikes. Um, possibly, it could be... This could be... Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, Snow. I, I, no, not the snow. <laughs> um, but you know, and it was Div jumping over the Div Div jumping the. Um, actually, I'm not even going to dob him in for that because someone will. Out the back here. Yeah, nobody knows about it. Yeah, I know, but no one really knows. Like well, the authorities don't know about What's it? it. There's nothing illegal about it. Well, there may or may not be. I there, don't there know. There is nothing illegal about it. Div jumped a sick gap down a massive hill. Just yeah, out the back. That's right. Yeah, it's fucking sick. There's nothing illegal. Awesome. Out. Then that's where I'm going with it. Like there could be an opportunity for Div and and those like Div to get out there and. Oh, I'll, you wouldn't ask for permission. You just go out and do it. Mm. Yeah, the opportunity's always been there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I reckon it'd be a good thing to go and do. Yeah, I'd I'd actually like to see the terrain in summer. 
to see what it. Yeah, because there'd have there'd be some wicked hits out there. I reckon. Yeah, if you find the right spots, you just have to get the good aspects. Because I think places just like spongy bush, so you couldn't ride it. But there'd be other places you could potentially. You go if up you the top all the way down and got rid of that spongy bush. Uh, up the top of Heavenly, you know how there's the um, the road comes in from Harrogate before the tunnel. <laughs> oh, uh, hang on, that's called trial before the tunnel. Before the tunnel, yep. Yep. So that's the road, and then you go up. So you go up Heavenly, and you turn left off Heavenly. Mm. You know those rocks that are all through there that everybody hits down into that bowl. Um. Oh, so go sorry, go up Heavenly. Yep. And then turn left. Left. Oh yeah, down Canyon. Yeah, area. yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a couple of American exchanges last year were trying to name those, like because they jump off them and land off them all the time. Anyway. Oh, know. like because they invented those rocks. Yeah, like they invented the things that they're <laughs> they like no one's ever jumped off this before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're gonna call it dirty shovel. <laughs> There's, there's three resorts in Australia. Yes. I think they've everything's been done to death, bro. There's anyway. nothing you can hit that hasn't been hit. Yes, yeah, so funny boys. But, um, I reckon there'd be some terrain in that. Cause, um, yeah, that's true. It's probably a bit more scree-like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. have the overgrowth mm. as much. Um, Just let Marin know how good the pizzas were. Yeah. Yeah, um, lots of potential, that's for sure. How good is it coming up Snake Gully? You see, like, you're going up Snake Gully lift and you see, like, that punter that drops in down straight off the village chair and drops down into that black run Oh, yeah, underneath. like Hacker's Horror? Yeah, yeah, yeah and they so all get stuck in the tea yeah. tree. It's the best. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's been, like, one of the most entertaining runs this year because we've lost so much snow in there. The amount of crew you've seen go down there when there's just bushes. Oh, no. The popped up, it's lost all the snow. And they're still trying to snow. Admittedly, like, if you're going to go and ride over bushes, you need to be on the snowboard, because if you, as if you're going to get yeah, through the skis. Yeah, you ain't doing it yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a grand time, that's for sure. <laughs> but how much do people just love, like, heckling you if you're going down that run, particularly as a snowboarder? Oh, I'm like, the heckler. Yeah. <laughs> I am that like me and Frosty just give it to him. You got it's what you do. You yeah. got to and look when you're with a guy like Frosty, no, you don't stand out at all. <laughs> like five uh, foot two and dreads down to his ankles. Hey, come. Oh, you should come. Looks like Zach. What's his name from Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. What's next on the list? Um, what's next? Oh, back to school after the winter. Um, to do to teach children. Oh, so back school, back school. up to yeah, the plane. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that's kind of next. Um, so just go back a step. So you school's obviously a, a, a full time thing for those kids. Oh, so no, a little bit different. So we're part of um, so the dinner. There's two schools actually in Dinner Plain. One only runs for the winter. So the primary school that runs in the winter is part of an annex of Bright. So it's for kids that families live up there. But the where I work is the Alpine School. So the Alpine School is a year nine campus only. Year nine. Yeah. Done. Couldn't, couldn't possibly get a worse age. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. They're I actually bags. think they're great. <laughs> well they're so entertaining. Everything's so dramatic all the time. Anyway, don't get me wrong, they're hard work. But um yeah. It, it's never a dull moment, that's for sure. It's a busy um, time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I don't know, like, we're privi- pretty privileged with our program. So the way that it works, we're part of the School for Student Leadership. So 
there's four campuses in the state um, and we get a different group of year nines every term. So, and they'll come from eight different schools at once. Wow. So they come from, like, they come as teams of uh, usually around six and they apply to go. So they want to be there. Yeah, um, right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they're usually great in that respect. They come with, like, a community learning project, which is something that they identify in their home community that's a need for their community. So they might do decide they want to do a program where they visit you know, their local old folks' home or maybe they want to do, like, a mental health-type seminar for their young people, uh, lots of different things. Um, quite a few groups over the years have come through and um, their projects have been, like, building pump tracks and that sort of thing, which is great. Um, yeah, so the different crew every term. They live there residentially for eight weeks and we do a lot of, like leadership-focused subjects, but heaps of outdoor stuff too, which feeds into that. So yeah, lots awesome. of hiking, biking and It sounds skiing. like a cracking program. Yeah. Mm. So it's public what, what schools is the, only. What's yeah. the, um, oh, right. the male-to-female ratio? Um, for the students? Yeah. Yeah, half-half. Is it? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. with that, are you seeing more female participants coming through? Because obviously you've been in outdoor ed now for quite a while. Mm. Are you seeing a lot more females coming through? Yeah, definitely. Like I think, um, and I, I think schools are getting really good at encouraging that and giving access, which is great. Some of like, I, I think it's really interesting. I've worked with both co-ed and like all girls schools and few all boys schools. And it's really interesting because like people go, oh, you know, one's better than the other. And I, I, don't like necessarily agree with that. I think there's advantages to both. Yeah. And um, we, so some of the best programs I've worked on really have been all girls groups. Like I've worked for companies like World Challenge, which is where they take groups overseas to developing countries for like a month. Yeah. And so I took a New Zealand all girls group to, um, yeah, Vietnam, Cambodia. Yeah, and right. Then, yeah, which is like amazing, really cool group to take and real diversity in ages like the youngest was 14 oldest was 18 which is quite diverse for that type of program um and I think and also taking a lot of um all girls groups like on hiking rafting trips locally like on the Mitter River and hiking in the high plains and something you see with those groups is that like barriers are down yeah and yeah. it's kind you kind of can get that open discussion about all sorts of things doesn't matter but like I think that's what's really what I've noticed is important for giving access to women and females to whatever it is, like whether it's mountain biking. It's something that Bright does really well. Like they've all, like they've got the all um, women's enduro that's coming up as well. In Search of Stoke? Yeah. Fantastic. And they've got like a Bright, yeah, version obviously coming up 29th of October, which is the first time that's happened. And, And I think... As much as I love riding with the guys, like, and that's where my mountain biking started for sure. Um, And, but, you know, I think there's that ability to be vulnerable with who you are with all those, you know, chicks around you. And it's really supportive and it just builds and builds and builds. And you've just seen places like the other side and bright, that female community of riders is huge. Yeah. So so how, how have they achieved that? Yeah, and I'm like... So, so like, getting back to, like, your mountain biking started with, and I imagine your snowboarding and all that started mm-hmm. with started with the 
guys, I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, for Right sure. across, whether you were in the shearing shed with, you know, and you yeah. probably were less, it, because you've had that mm. farm upbringing, yeah. hobby farm upbringing. Hobby farm. Like, <laughs> 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 like, whether you were less, less, um, less, I don't know, more confident around yeah, maybe the boys less because intimidated, I don't less know. In, not to say that the guys are all intimidating. Yeah, all, I don't, but, I yeah, don't no. like using that word, but yeah, I, I guess it yeah, is what it is. But better. yeah, mm, for lack of I know what you mean. Yeah. being unintelligent and knowing <laughs> a better word, but um, forty nine and forty nine and yeah, like how do how like this side of the mountain we don't seem to have those programs. Mm. Unless you want to play football. Yeah, and that's awesome to get it in the footy now, hey. And yep. I guess that's probably oh, it's just another another it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. start. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bright's always been it's a, it's an adventure town for a start mm. and it backs itself. Like the Well see everyone says that oh Bright's an adventure town, but this is why this is our podcast, isn't it? Like this is our life. We live in we live in Bansdale, like the major CBD, or the, around, we're just outside yeah. of Bansdale, but we've got no, I can tell you, wakeboarding, fishing, yep. hunting, surfing, 100%. snowboarding, it's all here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And now, so I can why tell are we you so work, fixated working, on work, playing football? Working for, I've worked for Alpine Show, yep. right, doing the BMX thing and the skateboarding yep. thing, and I've worked for Indigo, and I've worked for Benoa and Wangaratta, yep. and all the northeast, yep. and I've done a little bit for East Gippsland. So you could call yourself Farla. And what I can tell you is they are light years ahead in getting behind the youth and it mm. starts there. Yeah. Right? They spend the money on the action sport and those sports because they are an adventure town and, and they, we grab, don't. they we, grab it and run with it. We, our shire does we're, not. They, the, the, our shire thinks we're a retirement village for fuck's sake. Yeah. And that's the way they've always treated us. And they, we know, as you said, why don't we have a wake park? We've got the biggest inland lake system in the, in the fucking hemisphere. Summer, southern yeah. hemisphere yeah yeah and we where's our wake park on, we yeah. spend money on bird watching yeah fuck's sake <laughs> We're, we'll always be like this it's the same as holding on to trades down here like um you go out in bright bright right is a is is smaller than bensdale let's say 50 percent in size but you can go out on a thursday night friday night saturday night and bright and have a good time right if you're a young kid you cannot go out in bensdale you can't there's nowhere to go out so there's a, but, but a, I'm, a I'm, small I'm talking example. I'm not even talking about that level I'm talking about you know my, my daughter's ages and younger you know there's again that they, they don't back it it comes from government funding all of that yeah because for, like you can't privately fund like it. lawn bowls has a better program than for, for our youth than most other, any because sport they around think here. retirement <laughs> village but you're right like they've decided a long time ago yeah. that that's where they're going to fund it's it. ingrained yeah, yeah. It. it sucks yeah. because we do have the best of everything over here mm. which i kind of like that it hasn't been flogged to death it's sort of ours yeah. Yeah. but yeah it's it it's frustrating it is frustrating yeah for sure and you, when you see the potential that it has for communities and like the vitality it brings communities and yeah like sure like lots of locals complain about how crazy bright is every weekend but good things come with that absolutely and and i think that's what you know you forget when you're in that privileged position to have access to all those facilities and resources and those people yeah. that complain about bright being really busy 
They won't complain when they sell their house. No, exactly. Yeah. So they'll all, they'll all go, oh, I bought my house for 150 grand 25 years mm. ago. Now it's worth 850. None oh. of them are going to complain. No, exactly. So yeah. they should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> You've already ruined and the I housing think... marking for We talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And like anything, pros and cons that come with anything. But yeah, they've definitely got to suck that one up, I think. Yeah. Sort of problems. It is, and it is something that there is a vibe about Bright. There's always been a vibe with Bright, even when they had the, the like the hot rod run running, you know, going back yes. 25 years ago. There was always a vibe every time you go into Bright, and they grabbed it and ran with it. Mm, the exactly. Shire ran with it, yeah. made it work. Like Myrtleford's part of the same Shire, yeah, but it doesn't have the same aura. No, that's it. And it's getting there, Myrtleford, I think. Like, it's definitely shifted quite a bit in the last few years. Yeah, or it um, had to. It had, when yeah, they exactly. shut the tobacco, yeah, they had to it. do something. And I think, and now it's coincided with the fact that no one's sort of like, certainly, I know so many people that live in Myrtleford, work in Bright, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of like young people that live out there. And I guess so now it's kind of getting this... Um, yeah, like second win in a sense because, like, the community's growing, yep. and, which is great. And I guess just all those satellite towns are just going to, you know, feed off those sorts of products in Bright. And, um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new, um, like, housing estate as well because I think they're giving a bit more access to locals to afford those. In Bright. Yeah. Yeah, so that's on the way out heading to Wang on the left, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, there was an issue with it, wasn't there? Yeah, is it I don't know. Sept- been... Septic systems? Or... Yeah, possibly. I haven't been really following it closely, but yeah. So you were saying they're going to make it more feasible for locals? Yeah, I think they've got like cap on prices potentially for like land and house packages. That's interesting. Yeah, and then... That's that's really interesting. Yeah, and I don't know, I and I have no idea. There was lots of discussions around like, um, you know, it's what they... Talking to friends in Colorado... That, you know, if you want to buy in certain estates, you've got to have been living there for X amount of years, yep. for example, or renting in the area. So I don't know if they... There was discussions about similar, like, concepts, but at the moment it sounds like, yeah, just standard land and house packages maybe make it a little bit more affordable for people. Yeah, which is good because the town does... The town was an old town, like... Again, 25 years mm. ago, and now it's really, it's a young town. Like, it's, yeah, it feels young. So, the the, the prices there are so obscene mm. that you have to be on your deathbed to be able to buy there. Yeah. So, that, yeah, if by doing that, if they do go down that cap route, they're going to bring in more young blood, you'd reckon? Yeah, you'd hope so. And, and, and you know, like we talked about earlier in terms of holding on to, staff just in the shop you know like yeah. that's the hardest thing like your business grows but like where do you get your staff from and I, um certainly yeah like interested to see um even with atc because they've got their second shop now like what's you know their situations like but you're just not going to retain those staff if no. you, they can't have somewhere to live no, you know right. like it's insane and um and you know we, i think the area used to rely so much on you know, backpackers and tourists, you know, staying for busy periods. And I think that's growing again, certainly. But there was a certain period there where I think so many businesses struggled, like everywhere, you know, just not having the staff that you need. But, yeah, hopefully they make it more accessible to yeah, young people just to move in and 
Um, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good spot. So you're going back to dinner playing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing some more study? Um, yeah, I actually just got accepted into a nursing degree. Oh, right. I hope no one I work with hears this. They might know I'm on the way out of teaching. No, I love. I really love teaching and I really enjoy the program at the Alpine School, but I've um, never really taught much in mainstream teaching. And I did one term at Bright um, P12 covering for a friend for a term because he was on long service leave and I had a year nine, eight, like, sorry, a year nine outdoor ed class, 10, 11, 12 in outdoor ed. But I had this one year eight maths class and it was very, very hard yards. <laughs> and I think it was maybe chaos for the first four weeks and then I somehow conned all the boys in there that were just a bit manic <laughs> into, if you get your work done, we can play this game called Perudo, which is like lies dice. So if you ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like what all the pirate kings and queens play to decide something anyway but it's a game of chance so we're doing probability and chance so i'm like oh you know it's, it's still definitely it on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> um and then so we had a little bit of yeah equilibrium for i don't know four weeks and then they just went mad again so i think i sort of got turned off mainstream teaching a little bit and the alpine school program's great because kids they you know you rarely get groups that don't want to be there um and it's out you know heaps of outdoor stuff stuff yep. I love so it's good but um I think yeah like my sister's a nurse and ski patrol over the last few years I've really enjoyed so yeah so looking into the medic side of things now and signed up to do some nursing um so yeah start that next year and see how it goes um but yeah looking forward to it I think um and you know I've always like I racked up a little bit of a hex debt in my life because I do actually enjoy learning quite a bit. Yep. Um, but yeah, looking forward to delving into that and sharing that with the sister a bit because she's yeah insanely excited. I think to to, to, to be able to, to talk, talk to lingo. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, and certainly I think that Omeo area too is like such a remote area. They're just screaming out for. Also, oh, that's where you reckon you'd land is. Well, maybe, but it's a good opportunity. Like I'm in the area, so. Um, do you went to? Coles, didn't you? <laughs> You're off your head. I was just about to ask you. Head. I was about to ask you, oh, could I go to Coles and grab a drink? Yeah, well, you, you could have gone to Coles and bought 12 beers. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Rue? Chuck them in the fridge. Uh, 12 going on 18, I'm sure yeah. of it. Yeah, just surely. next to the computer, there's some cash. Oh, so I can't, we can't keep drinking those heavies. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I, so I, I thought couldn't, I'd, I'd do the responsible thing and get some... That's right. My little sister's going to pick me up and drive me home tonight, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be drinking the heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Not there yet. <laughs> Got to catch me up here. Little sister, which one? Indy? Sophie. Sophie? Yeah. So she's... Um, You've got two little sisters, you said? Yeah, two little sisters, little brother. Um, yeah, so... Um, Ruth, can definitely the wild child, but we love her for it. Soph's the wild child? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So, you know, she's ball. She's a great deal of fun. Had her work as an instructor over in Canada one year with me, and she's definitely the party girl. <laughs> <laughs> Got herself in 
Until it was a cult, now she's alright. They only learn from the example they're being set, right? Oh, is that so? So it's so funny with the littlest sister. She was always the rebel, hey, and it's almost like to make the point of being a rebel. So I remember she, like, mum and dad were pretty cruisy. Like myself, Campbell, the brother, Indy, the middle sister. We're allowed to go to house parties, like yeah. at one point. But for some reason, Soph thought she'd never be allowed, so she used to sneak out. She'd get, like, <laughs> so pissed off that she'd get grounded. And we're just like, what are you doing, Soph? Just, like, tell mum and dad that you want to go and you can go. She used to sneak out to the hilltop in Omeo all the time. But then Indy will hate me for telling this story. Maybe we won't show the podcast. But the middle sister, Indy, I remember one time she told me the story of her and a girlfriend snuck out after age to go up to a house party in town, Nomeo. And I think they got halfway to the pub and she was so petrified of getting caught by mum, she started, like, dry-reaching. <laughs> so they, they just turned around and go home. <laughs> Truth be told, the people that didn't get the quite to be, they just not quite were bad. No, that's it, kind of bad, not really. Your mum probably knew she was on the way to the house party anyway because yeah. it's not as if Omeo's a massive nah, joint. No, nah, like, they would have yeah, been. Yeah. Mum and dad would be what's, straight what's your on Tracy. Tracy, yeah. that's right. Yeah, straight like, onto it. Oh, mate, down the road. Yeah, hey, Tracy. Yeah. Kids are on the Kids way. She looks, like, <laughs> yeah. she looks like she's dry reaching. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Are they living up to the, to the shadow? Like, you... Um, the siblings. Yeah, you party party animal. Um, oh, with the right people. Yep. Yeah, with the right people. Got to get um. So <laughs> I've been to plenty. <laughs> so yeah, in a roundabout's way, yes, I'm a party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely the, one of those people. Most situations, having a grand time at a festival. Just listening to music, and I get about five people come up to me in the space of twenty minutes. And go, are you okay? <laughs> I'm dancing. What do you mean? I'm a great dancer. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, not much of a dancer. But but have a good time. (laughs) Um, No, I love a bit of darts. So Mount Hotham has, like... How good is darts? A big darts comp up there. Biggest darts competition in the Southern Hemisphere. 180! (laughs) No way. Yeah, apparently it's not quality darts. There's a lot of darts teams. It's not about it's not about how good the darts is. That's awesome. <laughs> it's not all about the darts. So our team started playing C grade, you know, years ago, just for a good time. Never wanted to go up to B grade because it's too serious. Like we just <laughs> have drinks and throw darts. And then, um, yeah, so had it really. Well, B grade, they start telling you to hush when you're throwing. Oh no! Nah, depends who you play. Cause sometimes it's all about the heckle. So it oh, should yeah. be yeah. absolutely yeah. about the heckle. Yeah. It's got to be a psychology. If you can't throw quality darts with a schooner or a pint in one hand, yeah. while getting heckled at the pub, while copping heckling, yeah. then yeah. you have no you business throwing a dart. So it's really funny because Seagrave Darts is super supportive. Like, it's the other team going, if you hit the board, our team name was... If you hit um, the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our You're team. on the team. Yeah. It's like dodgeball. <laughs> well, it was our team name was our team goal, so more board, less wall. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, brilliant. And um, so, yeah, that's all we aim to do. And everyone's like, oh, great darts, darts, you know, like that's that's how C-grade was. 
B grade is a bit more competitive. So they're serious. They're oh, like when you throw a good dart, they're like, is someone in the corner? Just get, the captain is like, dart. Yeah, <laughs> just way too serious. But the um, yeah, so the I don't know. It probably explains the difference between me and my sisters. So Sophie, younger sister, worked up at Hotham for a few years, and she played on our darts team for a couple winters there. And Indy came up for a few nights from Romeo just to come out for a night and have a few drinks. And so I'm, like, pretty good at darts, like, with a couple of drinks. Like, I need to get to that sweet spot and I can throw really good darts. Yep, aim straights. Yeah, that's it. And no nerves and it's good. My middle sister, Indy, gets really, really, really good and then she just <laughs> plummets. One, two, man. And... Then Soph's like exponential. The drunker she gets, the better she gets. <laughs> wow. She'll like, and she's such a social butterfly. She'll like take off in between the games. Like it's her turn. You don't know where she's gone. <laughs> so you spend like the next 20 minutes trying to hunt her down. And then she gets there, she's standing on the line. She's almost falling over. And you can see the other team going, oh, I've got this in the bag. Like, <laughs> she's done. And then she's just out full over, throws darts, double bullseye, walks away, game done. <laughs> Mate. Darts is the best, isn't it? I oh, really love darts. So Do they play darts locally here? Yeah, that's big, big comp here. I could, I could get behind that. I'd uh, rather play darts than. Well, I can tell you right now, our wives wouldn't let us. Hey, our wives would not let us. Oh, well, we've got to have a hobby. It's mountain biking. That's, and a, that's a lifestyle. One too many. Yeah, I'm stopping. And smoking meat. That's smoking meat. Yeah. Darts is sick though. Darts like I said, I'd rather play so darts dangerous. than shoot pool balls. I, um, I've got, like, the best set of darts. Um, they've got a little what bit of history. What weight do you throw? 28 grams. 28 grams. Heavy. Whoa. And they're heavy at the ends. They're, like, they're like bombs. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Yeah. More board, less water. What, uh, yeah, that's it. What are your favourite? Do you run dimples or do you run straights? Oh, you're talking the darts game. Yeah, I was on the snowboard oh, chat. You're on um, the darts chat. No, straights. How long are your flights? Uh, I don't know. How long is that? <laughs> Six inches. Yes. Um, <laughs> darts is the best. I love it. So I've got this case, and oh, no, I lost one of the darts. Devastating. But anyway, so my dad. Um, That's so our next I, investment for the shop. Dartboard. Darts, darts yeah. are sick. We've got the table tennis. We're doing. Yeah. So when Tommy comes back, when Tommy announces his return. We're going to do a... Um, Bandstyle Bikes Dark Competition. No, we're going to do a Bandstyle Bikes Table Tennis Competition. Because Tommy thinks he's unbeatable. Oh. Yeah. He's fair because he's, 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 he's got a 12 yeah, He's got a wingspan. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, So, you, you're tall, yeah, Carrie. Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm, I think I'm six foot with shoes on. Yeah. Six foot with shoes on. Yeah. I like Hang that. on a second. <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm six two with shoes on. Are we talking like... Not the right shoes. Are we talking bungalow work boots? Those, those three talking? inch platforms that they sell for dudes. <laughs> no, no. I think I am actually six foot. I was talking yeah, right. about this the other day. So I'm like 183 centimetres. So I think that's six point something. Is that a family thing? You're tall? Um, yeah. So my brother's six five or yeah, six, right. I think. Proper yeah. tall. He's really tall. Um, and then, yeah, sisters a little bit, sh- both sisters are a little bit shorter than I am, but, um, mum's slightly taller than dad, I think. And mum's like five ten. Yep. I think. Um, but it comes from mum's side, like Polish, I think. My grandfather's quite tall, so. Yep. Yeah. I'd say that, not the dad's side, because, like, 
my last names are Sam. It's Chinese. Dad's side's not very tall at all. So yep. yeah. So yeah. Um, well, you wouldn't know that like how much Chinese my brother has in in him because he's like blonde haired and blue eyed and six, you know, quite tall. Yeah. So, so let's talk but, about that. Are Sam's Chinese? So that's yeah. from the Gold Rush. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I like. Mum actually knows more about it than probably the rest of the family because she looked into it a lot, I suppose, when she first moved. My mum's originally from WA. But, um, yeah. So <laughs> She's like, what am I getting myself yeah, into? She starts doing the ancestry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, she fell but, in love with the mountains. Yeah, exactly. No, loves it. And so, yeah, Cantonese um, heritage during the gold rush and... Um, came over from sort of the Buckland Valley after the riots, I think, but, like, lots of marriage back and forth between the Irish as well. So um, I think it works out, like, Pops maybe a quarter Chinese or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Or um, Cantonese, rather. And, um, yeah, but not necessarily, from what I've heard or, or been told, not necessarily miners themselves but service providers. Um, so, yeah, like laundry mat type stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know how true it is. Pop always goes, um, you know, came from like Sammy's, or like the nickname for those, you know, Chinese that would yeah. run laundry mats. And then, you know, like, and then R's a bit like Mr. So, you know, so I get Ali's and R Chow's. Yeah, right. And yeah. That's, my brother worked areas. at the Jenny for some time as a Aussie Chinese chef. He got called Mr. Lay. Oh, yeah. And I think there's always a Mr. Lay. Yeah, at I think. The Jenny Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. But, yeah, that's where the history comes from. So everyone drives into Omeo and they see the Arsene Road. Road. Yeah. And they're like, oh, do you live down there? I'm like, no. <laughs> I say that to the kids all the time. Yeah. Carrie lives down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, like a few generations history, I guess, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't, yeah, I had no idea that it was a Chinese thing. Farms. So you're obviously not farming. No, certainly, yeah, not me. The sisters or your brother? Um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the middle sister, Indy, like she actually lives on the property quite close to my parents. She's just a fair bit of involvement. Um, in terms of like farm management as much as she can with two little girls. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think my brother's like certainly interested. He's got property in the area up there too. So yeah. I'd say long term he'll end up there as well. And the younger sister loves it. Um, I don't know what she's got planned, but she's got plenty of time to think about it, I think. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah. It's a thing, isn't it? Now there's lots of, um, oh, seems to be, and I could be totally barking up the wrong tree, but lots of, um, like a long time ago, there used to be lots of farms, mm. and now there's only a few farms. It's yeah. big. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of the kids coming through taking over those farms mm. rather than just someone else making their farm bigger, buying it from the next, you know, yeah, finishes on. Yeah, it certainly seems to be a little bit of a pattern. And I think, yeah, and sort of issues with having to expand your farm to make it viable means there's not as actually that much property 
for, you know, when you think about, like, my family, for example, there's four of us and, you know, is that viable if we all wanted it on the farm? Or yeah. Yeah, it's hard for, like, mum and dad in terms of thinking about those assets. and Yeah. Yeah, and but then small communities like... Omeo, for example, get smaller. So, so it, sort of yeah. it sort of backfired for those previous gens that went, right, oh, we need 18 kids to help run the farm, but then the farm's not viable when those 18 kids become mm. <laughs> older. Yeah. So. We had 18 kids because only 7 to 17 of them fell off the perch. So <laughs> they didn't have penicillin like we do. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems to be like lots of smaller farms going. Well, isn't that true to form though? Like you used to have, gr- you know, corner stores, grocery stores. Right now, you've yeah, got that's right. It's yeah. it's just the natural Jobs progression. And <laughs> Jobs and growth. Look, and and truth be told, like with the cost of everything now, like cost of buying a farm, oh. you, we're not going to buy a farm. You got to inherit it. You it's do. insane. Yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy, and you know, I guess that's why for these sort sort of communities, things like the mountain bike. Trackinomio and pushing tourism is so important because it means Jobs there's in, a reason yeah. to stay. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, certainly I've thought about a lot. You know, like farming's not really my thing. Don't get me wrong. It's home and I love it. But I'm pretty useless in the cattle yard and with sheep unless I'm on a horse. And so, You can yeah, ride a horse. Of course you can ride a horse. Yeah, you can ride a horse. Yeah. Yeah, love the horses. Um, but How many horses have you got? Oh, I don't have any these days. So I was, my grandmother and grandfather live across the road from my mum and dad. Yeah. So they're actually in partnership with the farm with my parents for a long time. So my grandmother um, breeds riding ponies. And so we, I grew up riding those with my sister and middle sister. Um, Soph was a little little for riding horses, so she missed out a bit. But um, probably why she has a complex and, and a rebel. <laughs> And she was always told she was too little. Um, She's the shortest. (laughs) She's not the shortest, (laughs) but she definitely doesn't like being told she can't do something. Um, But anyway, so yeah, grew up um, just you know running across the road to nens and pops and jumping on the ponies all the time. And Nan used to like trip us around the state to all these events and yeah, did a lot of cattle work and. You, you're you. You're the only person I know that can legitimately go from wearing a backwards trucker cap <laughs> and baggy clothes at a mountain bike park to a rodeo with an, with a with a barrel hat on and <laughs> look the part and l- legitimately say, uh, "Yeah, this is like normal." Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> I didn't buy so this hat yesterday. No, this is what these I boots own. are like. Well, you, what are you what are you saying about the Omeo Rodeo? Are you saying that everyone buys their hats from the um, Ringers Western stand? There I'm on the saying road? Ringers and a few of the county boy shops do a ride out of it, it yeah, before yeah. the road. It's the best. You get out there and you just yeah. I'm one of those guys that goes to the Omeo Rodeo with my backwards trucker hat and wearing all black. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm the one of the only. It's it is funny though, isn't it? I. That having, I totally, that like chameleon thing has always been like a bit of part of my identity, I reckon. It's just like I'm at the mountain bike park in my mountain bike kit, I'm at the snow in my. I reckon that's the beauty of Omeo though. And yeah, but that's it. It's all there. All those people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and that's it. Like I grew up, you know, on the horses and we'll have a little go at the barrel race at the rodeo. Of course, 
the poor stock horse that I take in the barrel race doesn't know what a barrel race is and sort of really, really <laughs> freaked out of the barrels the whole time, but we get through. You just go around nice and wide. <laughs> yeah, so have you, had, have you like, had a crack at barrel racing? Oh, not seriously. I, what I actually did have a bit of a crack at that I really enjoyed was um, team penning. Yeah. Yeah, if you know. So that's like, for anyone who doesn't know, like big arena, cattle down one end, line down the middle, and a little pen down one end. And you go in the arena with three in your team, so two other riders, and they call out the judges, like, blue shoulder. So there'll be three cattle in there with a blue shoulder. And, and you've you got, got to separate yeah, them. Yeah, separate, separate them out and pen them. Yep. You can't have more than six past the middle line, so you can't push all the cattle down one end and cut them out, for yep. example. Um, and I remember, yeah, so my one of my first events must have been, well, I was a single rider on my pops, like, stock horse in Omeo, and so I got shoved in with two other team members, and then I got shoved in with another team as well, which is great. Like, it's a good way to learn, and particularly if you don't know it. And so this horse knows about cattle but doesn't know about team penning, so it was a bit sort of freaked out the first time and we ended up accidentally pushing all the mob down one end and we got disqualified in the first round, so that wasn't <laughs> real successful. But the second team I went in, we penned them, like, in the best time. With, and I, I was in a team with another bloke that knew a bit what he was doing, but the other young fellow on his horse, he was new to it and his young horse was three and hadn't done it at all. And so that meant if you got under a certain time in the first round, you got into the A grade. So then we got the best time on our second go in the A grade and we won it, like, out of all the teams. Yeah, right. And I think there was this one team that had pretty much won all the rounds so far and um, Bluey Cummins was on that team. And he goes, Carrie, you're the only team that stopped us from winning the whole title. <laughs> and, I'm like, and we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, loads of fun, like, really, really good event. That's, I reckon it's an awesome, um, yeah, and, and that's why I brought, bring it up, because one of those backward hat-wearing punks punks that rolls up at a rodeo, because I just love the entertainment. I reckon it's brilliant. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, not, it's not my... It's, it's an awesome atmosphere. It's not my life. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> But, hey, but it's it, on the big dogs. But it's been able. I, I really enjoy going to watch the livelihoods of of country people being put on display. I reckon it's brilliant. Um, and to be able to hand horses are shit. I can look at horses. Turners, <laughs> like, turners. Yeah, they've got their they've got their own brain. Like, yeah, it's they. So I used to freelance. If you crash your mountain bike, oh. it's on you. That's <laughs> it. They don't think. But you're right. Like, yeah, I used to freelance guide a lot and I worked for a few different companies, like at Galantby. And so we had, you know, school camps that do abseiling, horse riding, whitewater rafting. Yeah. And, yeah, like that perceived risk is like concept is insane. Like most kids are way more scared of the abseiling. But either the guy has got control of one rope, yep. they've got control of the other rope, they've got a helmet on and harness on, they're attached to two ropes on the cliff, like safe as houses, you could yep. get a safer sport. And then they get on a horse and they love it, which is great, they're comfortable, but it is, I'm most nervous on the horse riding. Yep. And I've 
grown up with horses. Like, it's, yeah, they've got a mind of their own. They'll do well, And why is that? Because you can say, um, and, and this is the thing, like, you can say, right, we've had 144 car deaths this year in Victoria. Mm. We've had one death on a mountain bike. I don't know whether we have. We haven't. We probably haven't had any. I don't know. But we've got zero. But people are happy to get in a car mm. 20 times a day. Shit their pants on a mountain bike. Yeah, yeah. Or or whatever that might be. What What is that in, in the head? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, hey. One of my favourite subjects at uni was um, social psychology of risk. And it was all well, about... That's the subject? Social yeah. psychology of risk. She's well-versed <laughs> in what we're trying to get across. <laughs> Love this stuff. No. <laughs> I'll just nerd out now. Um, but, yeah, that's so... It's so... It's either that I remember doing a essay on and the case study I did on was um, perceived versus actual risk and you know you interview all different providers about how do they use risk like actual risk and perceived risk and certainly one big thing was um, one of my bosses who I interviewed he's like well I use perceived risk keeps in terms of like ad sailing because it teaches people to be outside of their comfort zone and you know push themselves because the actual risk is pretty low, so it's pretty safe for me as a provider, but that perceived risk's kind of, like, there for them to challenge themselves. But I certainly had another outdoor ed teacher who's a good friend of mine, and he said, well, I use both, but I use actual risk a lot because I'm working with adolescents, I'm working with people, they're on their way to getting their driver's licence and drinking all at the same time. They need to have a pretty good assessment of what There's actual risk is. There's a lot happening is. in a very short amount of time. Yeah, that's it. For adolescents, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So to understand that consequence that's actually there, how they actually might hurt themselves, it, yeah, it's really important. So it's like, yeah, kind of fascinating how I reckon outdoor sports get used as a tool for yep. those sorts of things. And yeah, like we see it with kids all the time. Like, that do you do you think where do you think Australia, you know? been all around the world doing risky business <laughs> is australia so bound up in sorry i just got lost in tom cruise sliding across the floor in socks sorry it's because i got my socks on risky business <laughs> um, yeah like are we that are we that bound up with lawyers red tape and and risk adversity it's to our it's to our detriment, mm. to to tourism detriment. Yeah, potentially. I guess it's it's interesting one though, isn't it? Because it's like, how much does the red tapers know about what we're doing too? In a sense, like, I feel like some things you get so much more leeway with because no one understands it. Like I feel like ski patrol, in a lot of sense, what we do for the same reason why I don't think we get paid enough for what we do, but like the risk that we put ourselves at for that job is assessed internally. We're really good at it, but like no one looks at what we're mm. doing. What you're doing. Yeah. They don't yeah. They don't understand, I don't understand it. it. Exactly. It's hard for the average person to understand. Yep. Yeah. Whereas like something that's more known, like school systems for example, like the education department, it's kind of crazy how many times we have to do like vehicle and you're right, like in a sense, like how many vehicle access accidents do we have in a year? That is statistically the yeah, highest risk. but you risk. can still buy a car that's 320 kilometres an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know that's it. And But it is insane, like, how much we have to 
like check the vehicle every time we take a group out yeah. like those sorts of systems do inhibit what we're able to do yeah and, that's right like you, you yeah. got to check absolutely everything on the car to get you to a point where you're going to jump off cliff <laughs> go mountain biking and you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah seriously yeah yeah <laughs> Which there's two parts to that though, isn't it? Because like I think it's so important for I don't know, just working with young people for them to be able to go, This is risky and I'm gonna make smart decisions behind this and I'll have the conversation with students all the time. I like if you can't follow my instructions, I can't trust you to be safe and so you don't do it. If you can't understand how what you're doing is not safe, you just can't participate. You've got to learn more about risk before I want you here. Did you talk to my apprentices today? <laughs> it sounds like you spoke to my apprentices today, hey? Goodness. Caleb, <laughs> Axel, you fucking listening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, two months down the track and you're like, you just did a speech on how you understood risk and that somehow got absorbed by you in some weird way. I don't know. I spent... I'm sure you probably feel the same way, having immense amounts of conversations about one thing. And then you're like, they're never going to get it. So, so like do you that. have, so in your, in your job as an outdoor ed teacher, mm. as a ski patrol, mountain bike patrol, mountain bike coach, is there, do you have, I'm leading in here, but there's, do you, is there, do you have to have head scans for concussions and that sort of stuff to make sure that you're, yeah, I, I think like it and this is I've been really lucky. I'm I'm a pretty cautious person, so I've not like touch wood yeah, hat and clearly. <laughs> just horse riding, yeah, yeah. mountain biking, it's it's snowboarding. It's, it's, it's calculated risk. Calculated risk. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. But I'm not gonna jump off that cliff unless I call. land it. <laughs> but it's a calculated risk. Yeah. It's like the abseiling thing, right? Yeah. You, you know how people for, you, you don't freak out about getting in a car, but you freak out about abseiling. Well, if you don't know how to tie that knot and you're trusting that person to tie the yeah. knot, you don't you can't calculate that risk. Mm. So it's going to feel it's risky. True. Yeah. You get in a car, you go, oh, I've got airbags, or brakes that do everything for me, I've got reverse cameras. It's eh, Well, I think it's it's you're risk. in a car from a baby. Well, yeah, again, it's, 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 a, it's a calculated risk. Baby. Yeah. It's so it's perceived. Which is normal. Mm. It's normalising things, isn't it? Familiarity. Yeah, it's true. We see it with kids, I guess, that are on bikes from a young age. Like, yeah, hundred percent. The risk is mitigated because I spent so much time on it. I remember being a ten-year-old kid getting Mm. shitty. I had to wear a helmet. Yeah, I never wear a helmet. Sorry, mum. Do you know what I mean? I remember being didn't affect me at all, mum and dad. (laughs) (laughs) Those concussions I had. (laughs) So you you brought concussions up. So what you so Mm. what are you leaning into here? I'm leaning is there's a personality change that she decides to veer that car into a tree or something. Is that what this is? No, no. I'm just like it's becoming more and more prevalent in Mm. professionalism now in the sporting arena. Now, what is what's the difference between a professional AFLW player, AFL player, or yeah? Any, is there any other context? No, keep, rugby, keep going. Whatever, mm. whatever professional sports you're in, mm. where they're so, I don't know what it's. It's more. It's even. It's kind of even like a trend at the moment with concussions. But yeah, what's the difference between Carrie's role as a professional sports person? That's what I'm calling you. Thank you. So, <laughs> because that is literally what you're living. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point because the certainly we've seen mountain biking a lot and certainly skiing a lot and snowboarding. I, I've heaps of friends that have had concussions and really serious ones. Um, something that I've noticed that comes out of that is that so like brights, I guess in a sense because it's so sports fitness focused, they have yeah like a really good like. Um, access to physios and those sorts of physicians and there's certainly specialists in concussion recovery. Yeah. And so going through that process, unfortunately, it's reactive. So these people have had concussions and then, you know, see these specialists and they get baselines of, like, where they're at and where they're going to. But, yeah, something that I've been thinking about for a long time and, you know, touch wood, lucky you've been, like, haven't had any major concussions or those sorts of injuries because, yeah, I think I'm, yeah, like the maybe calculated risks compared to others. Um, certainly see it a lot with friends that have got a long history of skiing um, and then start mountain biking and they're so used to that speed, that airtime, that, you know, just, like, pushing the limits a bit. Yeah. But they don't have the same skill set. Yep. So yeah. they end up hurting themselves badly, you know. And, but something I've thought about a lot is, yeah, going to see these specialists and getting a baseline functionality of my brain, basically. So if I were to have an injury like that, then they're like, right, this is where we're trying to get you back to and it gives you a better assessment. And I think, yeah, like you said, it happens in sports a lot now. Um, yeah. You know, professional sports, they do that, you know. I, there was a, um, football, I can't remember, we, we were driving home from, um, that gig we went to on the weekend and there was a commentator on the radio talking, I can't remember which footballer it was, or like a previous a retired footballer saying that there needs to be, for, for professional sports people, <coughs> I don't know if he was talking about footballers or not, but you know, I sort of took it as sports people, in people in the sports action world, should be getting a baseline test Every 12 months. Because how do you know what your progression is mm. unless you're getting it yeah, consistently? Yeah, and particularly if you're recovering or have recovered and then... Because, you know, sometimes if you've had enough concussions, it doesn't have to be much to rattle you. So, yeah, yeah like, it's really good feedback to know where you're at. It's really important. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and, like, having a one concussion in 2012 and then having one in... And another one in 2018 is, they're sort of saying, is less detriment than having multiple yeah. hits. Yeah, so multiple hits all the time. An example of that is boxing versus MMA. They, there's more trouble. They believe there's more trouble with CT in boxing than there is in MMA. And the reason they think that is, is because in boxing, hits. you've got multiple mm. hits, bigger gloves. So you, you automatically think, oh, big glove, it's going to be nice and soft. No, no, it is. You still got mm. you still got these guns, like not my guns, but old mates' guns. Not your guns. Not my guns. <laughs> but if you're if you're and and you, you've got the refs count right, so you got like a ten second count, and then do this, and then you're back into it. Multiple hit, multiple hit, multiple hit. Mm. Well, MMA, you get knocked the fuck out because you've got a four, yeah. a four ounce glove, and you're getting clipped, and that's it. Yeah, and you don't fight for nine months. That, that's right. Yeah, they they can you out yeah. for yeah. That's right. So right. they reckon there is a problem with CT in boxing over that hole. Like yeah, so in in say football, you get knocked out, knocked out. 
what do you got? Two weeks before you're allowed to play. And I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. And I yeah. And I don't follow it either. I'm not to the dismay of many of my friends. Maybe that's why you're here. I'm actually got going with a, a friend's taking me to the preliminaries next weekend and Collingwood's playing and my dad and brother are green. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't it'll be heaps with. of fun though. It'll be heaps of fun. <laughs> it'll be unreal. Yeah. The atmosphere will be insane. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it'll be, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Fun. Oh, I'm d- definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to have a great there's, time. There's but. like 22, no, 21 point. Nine million people out there that are annoyed that you're going and don't follow football. <laughs> Very lucky to have people in high places. Um, <laughs> Sucked in, Dad. Uh, yeah, it might be a bit upset with me. I actually haven't told my brother. Oh well. He's about to find out. He's about to find out. Yeah. He could um, be an eighth listener. Yeah, that'd yeah. be sick. But nice. yeah, this particular friend that's taken me to the game, I did ask him a little bit about this because I wondered whether a lot of AFL players have that baseline anymore and like well whether they have baseline or you know what's I, I think it's for them just coming in think, I, yeah I think it's well, super new. well I don't even think it's coming in I think they're talking about how do we bring it in wouldn't how, you how as, it as a paid professional wouldn't you partially if they're not bringing it in take it upon yourself to get your own baseline Surely. set that's oh, what yeah. I would do I mean I do my I do my full panel of bloods every 12 months and I think a lot of them because do. you want to know where you're at keep yeah. it keep it on I think a lot of them do yeah, and, and you're a paid professional footballer. Well, that's, you're gonna get knocks. You're gonna get yeah. That's what you paid the. the line. You, that's yeah. what you paid the dollars for. That's your choice to play that sport. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, yes, it is. It's There's a, a line there though. It's, a, it's like, a choice. They get paid a lot of money. It's a choice. They get paid a lot of money. Yep. They could be they could be a chippy five days a week and playing local football and getting the same amount of concussions and having nothing. That's no choice. bearing. It's still a choice. It's a choice yeah, that's to, what be, I mean. to be a chippy playing local football. I don't get concussions because I'm not... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's still a choice that you choose to go out. I watched you over jump a jump, I'm pretty sure. You <laughs> after that. Yeah, I, was, I was a little groggy. I was a little groggy. Yeah, but it's... it. it, it I was talking to my offsider about this yesterday, and we had... The, we, the, the, reason I, the, the reason I think there's a difference between professional sports stars and then professional sports people like Carrie, is that Carrie's getting paid the same money as someone at IGA for doing a super risky job. Yeah. Whereas an AFL player is getting $250,000 a year with, with, with everything paid for. But do we go back to calculated risk? It's a tricky one because, like, it's not like us patrollers give the patrolling... Job as an example, yeah, yeah, like we get yeah, injured in yeah, the field, hundred percent, yeah, and we do, like you know, no, you're we've got work cover right. and everything. I know what you're saying, like in a sense that, but I still choose that job knowing that there's a level of risk with it, and that Sick you do job. put your body on the line, what? like it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you just amazing yourself, career. Yeah, sick job, amazing career. It's part of the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, agree. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but, underpaid, underpaid. But I'd like to be looked after. it. At least we get, like, work cover and stuff, you know. Like, one of the guys, he was on, you know, honestly, some of the gnarliest times on patrol is on sweeps, which is the end of the day, every day, we, as a patrol, sweep all the runs to make sure everyone gets home and they're yep. cleared. Um, and, yeah, one of the guys, like, last year, he, um, there's this quite gnarly play, I guess, 
there's like skiers left of um, Snake Gully, if anyone knows Possum, <laughs> is, um, or Borders left. Um, there's like a ridge line up there, and in the spring it's super fun when it gets hot and that snow gets slushy and it turns into a luge on that ridge line. But around sweeps time it always freezes up, so it's super gnarly. Yeah. And he unfortunately had a pretty large crash in there and, um, yeah, fractured his humerus and big issues to his shoulder and, like... You know, you're going in dark to try yeah, and get him out. Yeah, yeah. And Everything's shutting down. Yeah, and, like, luckily he, you know, and I haven't talked to him one-on-one about how he felt the support was, but, like, at least he had that, you know, some sort of compensation for the fact that he did on the job. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, a, you know, as we probably know in conversations, way more grey than, you know, we all would like it to be sometimes. But Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's definitely, like... Yeah, part of the job, I think. Yeah, and it's it's a hard one, hey, because I, t- I see what you're saying, and it's any everyone's like dream to go and play for AFL, and you get the consequence of these injuries. But so many people say to me, "Oh, dream job." You're Not mine. No, I wanted it's to amazing. be a pro like, surfer. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like it's yeah, it's, 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 and it is talent. amazing, and I love it. But you know, it's hard work sometimes. For sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, don't know the answer to it. No, we and we all don't know. I just think it's an it interesting out. conversation that that Austra- I think Australia's we're a fair behind, fair way behind the rest of the world. But on what though? Based on what? On on concussion stuff. Like America's a long way ahead. Are they? Yeah, are NFL, they? NFL have been talking concussion. Yeah, because they've been getting sued to, sued to the fucking eyeballs. Yeah, over it. and so next to America, we're the second biggest litigated country in the world. Mm. And Victoria Is that true? Can somebody fact check I have that? no idea Because you're fucking wrong on this shit <laughs> Ruby, time. look it up <laughs> Look it up <laughs> You're saying it up You're dropping the ball this I'm is, not looking at it I don't is, give a fuck This is Pass the advice I got When I was learning to ski And snowboarding and stuff Just If you say it with me. enough confidence It's true Just you trust know? me <laughs> that's, that's this guy <laughs> yeah, 101 <laughs> oh, you got you got to keep you got to check him all the time Ruby, look at that Fucking pulling Are we the most facts. litigated? You're checking, yeah, yeah. The the most litigated countries in the world. Um, That's all right. It'll correct. Yeah. See, like you said, the NFL is getting sued left, right, and center over it. Um, and I'm sure. Are they? I don't think they are. Yes, which they is are. which is why yes, they they're are. putting things in place because to, they're getting sued to the eyeballs now. Yeah, so cor- now they're correct. trying to they're pedaling backwards. What about New Zealand? Nobody. Probably not because New Zealand's lax on all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, not lax, but they're a lot more. I think New Zealand brought in, brought in a legislation so that they couldn't be sued. Yeah, they so that you can't be sued for doing well, something dumb. Well, that's the whole <laughs> when you jump when you bungee jump and stuff over over there. You that's it. If something goes wrong, that's it's on you. you. It's on you. You made the choice exactly. And we have a few laws like that, I guess, too, in terms of you know Good Samaritan laws and that sort of thing, like. We, yeah, luckily, because you're certainly talking to the exchanges like the Americans we get over, like them giving first aid, there's like so much more. Red tape. Yeah, yeah, like I guess they're in a privileged position, the fact that ski patrol, it's kind of like duty of care to anyone that's a resort, but like if you're a bystander that gives that, even though you have the skill set, like yeah. more people are worried about it. That than sucks, we doesn't it? It does it suck. It sucks yeah. that you have to think about that. Mm. It sucks that it's even a conversation because yeah. you're purely trying to do the right thing. It's not as if you yeah. ah, like, you know what I mean? Like if somebody's got an injury on the roadside and you're trying to do what all is, the right. What things, did you find out, Ruth? Yeah. And your your ass is on what the line. What does it say? Yeah, yeah. That's it. No. 
It's a horrible feeling. Yeah, but we don't have to worry about it so much here, luckily. Got a bit more protection. But so your friends in the states, that they that that's something that goes through their mind. Yeah, and like I think I'm, you know, like just yeah, like I said, a bit different in their position as patrollers, but it's certainly yeah, like litigation's obviously a way bigger deal for them. Mm. Um, but oh, I don't know, they're in the like they also run in a pretty intense environment. Like they've got lots more accidents and incidences over there. Um, I think I remember one of the guys saying last year that his first, his rookie year, there was 10 heart attacks between October and December in the ski field, <laughs> which is like, and I was like, how many people survived? And he's like, oh yeah, eight of them lived. I'm like, that's got to be like the best success rate for CPR in the world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and yeah. But the reason being is they've got, like lots of well-off people that maybe aren't that fit going to altitude it's quite like high altitude yeah 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 and uh, yeah and then yeah doing physical activity they're not used to yeah yeah so heart attacks are really common for them but um yeah i just thought it was insane like so you know at the end of the day if you're your average person you'd be pretty stoked if someone's bringing you back from a heart attack i think yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. too upset about that nah yeah. so australia is the world's second most litigious <laughs> But you can type anything into Google and you're going to get the right fucking answer. Yeah, but. that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, so we're second against... America. Yeah. Yep. Is that based on dollars or is that percentages? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The point is, no one takes responsibility for their own choices anymore. Mm. That is slightly problematic, I agree. We were just talking about that, though. Oh, it's just so <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, what's next? What we didn't get a definitive oh, answer, no, did we? Nursing. Nursing. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Oh, did we? Yeah, you did. You went to Woolwich. You Usain bolted down to Coles and got some stubbies. Oh, I did it pretty quickly too, <laughs> but I did miss it. So nursing. Yeah. So I got it's really new. I haven't told many people, and I've told everyone. You've told <laughs> everyone now. <laughs> All nine people. Wow. Uh, outrageous. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think in, yeah, like my middle sister, she's a nurse. and then, Indy. Yeah, that's it. And so Indy's a nurse, and then, um, yeah, just ski patrol stuff, I guess, for the last five years, kind of interested in the medic stuff side of things. And I had thought about for a long time whether, you know, do I want to, be a paramedic but then I'm like oh I don't really know where I'll end up like as a paramedic sort of placements and things are tricky um but yeah like I think where I guess at ski patrol if there's a critical incident we um usually involved with ambulance Victoria and the medical center up there and yeah we work really closely with medical center and GPs and bush nursing uh, yeah we'll just I guess stay up the high country well, there, yeah, I'd probably like to stay in the area. Like, I'd be interested in remote nursing. Yeah. Um, Indy's been, I think she's been in the process of doing her, like, advanced life support stuff. And so that really interests me. Brilliant. The world needs more nurses. Can't, yeah, you can't pay nurses enough, eh? Hey? Yeah. Yeah. If there's an industry that should be paid high, it's nursing. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and they, and I think that's, yeah, definitely one of the attractions, I guess. You know, you can be anywhere or do anything, really, in terms of that, like, profession. And, yeah. yeah. And I love learning. Like, I really enjoy learning stuff. And I think it's used to learn. How old, how old are you now? 
So, what do you say? Dad feels old. Dad feels old. Says nothing the whole time. Just chips in. Chip in. Chips in. So, so if you do, you do your nursing ticket degree. And you've got this plethora of assets in your skill set as a ski patrol woman. Mm. Where does that can can that take you further up the rank? Does that put you in a different position? Um, it, it's really helpful. So I guess yeah, like what I was saying earlier is um, yeah, we're really lucky with ski patrol. We've got a really strong volley rank, and and these guys are like incredibly skilled at what they do, and they give up their time to volunteer at Hotham and like share their knowledge and yeah. You know, you actually wouldn't. So our training program's really, really integrated at Hotham. So if you're ever out on the ski slopes and you get responded to by a ski patroller, you wouldn't know if they're volunteer or paid because yep. they're all, like, same level of training, yep. which is great. So it's like, that's quite unusual for a lot of patrols. Um, yeah, so I guess, in a sense, it gives me the ability to probably train at a higher level to make people understand... Um, yeah, just different aspects of their care that they give to patients. At the end of the day, like as a ski patroller, we're like packaged and transport. Like you just want to get them comfortable enough so we can get them as quickly as possible to the medical centre. Yeah. And our turnaround's pretty quick. Like we had um, some pretty big incidences this year and a couple of like heart attacks, unfortunately, and which is, yeah, like they're about as bad as it gets in terms of, you know, confronting incidences and... But we had our response on scene with the defib was seven minutes, and like that's how quick we had the defibrillator on them, and then that's you know, it would have been t- yeah. three or five more minutes that we had a nurse doctor AV on scene. Like, that was two hundred meters from the pub. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think like you know the. Pol- the police, when we had the debrief afterwards, said, like, that guy wouldn't have got a quicker response at home where he lived. Hell no. Hell no. no. So, Not at all. Yeah, so it's pretty... So like, Dad had a stroke about two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh. It was, like, two and a half hours before we could get an ambulance out to him in Eagle Point. Mm-hmm. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I think, yeah, just a little bit inspired by the the medics and the nurses and the doctors that turn up on scene and what they can do. And They're brilliant. In like, when they yeah. turned up, they were oh, amazing. Yeah, but you, the response... But the response thing, time yeah. is the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. the challenge, definitely. Yeah. And we, you know, get the rest of the year, in reality, we get the same thing. Like, we've had students with... We had one student with a humerus fracture, I think. Which, hum, like, humeruses are really painful. There's not many injuries that are more painful than a humerus. And I had a girl this year that was That's like, ironic, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's humorous. <laughs> Very ironic. But yeah, I had a girl this year and put her on the green whistle and she, yeah, nah, no relief. Like, doesn't even hit the sides for those Yeah, right. Injuries. Green whistle. Yeah. She was giving a dud. <laughs> They're the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are very entertained on the green whistle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Seen a few. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, gosh, no, nah, the green, yeah, the green whistle's a great thing most of the time. Not doesn't do much for some, unfortunately. But um, is that just yeah? Each individual's um, 
like reaction to to that particular drug? Sometimes, yeah. They um, just don't, doesn't. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. But it mostly has to do with the injury. Yeah. So, um, like, I had another fellow bottom of the extreme zone that broke his femur, and he and he was he was like, you know, femurs fractured to the point where it's like unaligned, and the fractured parts going into oh. his pelvis. You know, like I'm looking at the X-ray. That's so gross. <laughs> Does not do well with that. I love this stuff. Man, like, my I'll wife have, like, loves this. You are a la la, Andre. <laughs> no. Chicks are way better. Like, chicks are tough as nails. Like, yeah. way tougher than blokes. Yeah, I'm weak as fuck. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool, and I'm cool with that. I'm fine being. No, that's like. okay. If you don't, nothing. Chicks so are way gnarly. tougher. I've seen. That's why some, they they come up with the nursing thing. Like, you know. I Chip, couldn't have a baby. But if no you think way. of a nurse, if you I think of a nurse, you think they come up, they're <laughs> tough. <laughs> Doctors are in and out, they're gone. Um, but yeah, no, like this bloke had, we gave him two green whistles and didn't even hit the sides, you know, for that sort of injury. Humerus is similar. Dislocated shoulders, a lot of people won't do much for them. You've always yeah. got, you've always got, like anyone that's been injured a few times, you've always got that chick paramedic going, come on, champion. <laughs> so I didn't realise that was like, uh, like you know, not a great thing to call someone a champion recently. <laughs> I call everyone champion. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the anyway, ones that aren't. Yeah. Someone recently. Don't call me champion. Anyway, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, and then some, you know, and then you get some people that you're like, oh you're going to get hit hard by this. Like, I've had a young boy who was, um, yeah, he may have been, like, 13, 14, I reckon, but, like, pretty lightweight kid, and he was in a lot of pain. Like, I think you, when you get kids, you're worried when they're quiet. Like, yeah. 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 If they're real quiet, you're like, oh, this is not great. Since <laughs> 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 Ruby's sitting here silently. Yeah. Um, Stop talking so much, Ruby. <laughs> Why are you coming at me? <laughs> yeah, anything. when exactly right. When yeah, they're when they're quiet. And I remember giving him a um, a whistle one day, and I said to his dad, because he obviously asking for consent. I said, "Look, I, it's up to you. I think he's in a lot of pain. You know him better than I do. What do you reckon?" And he's like, "Yeah, this is unusual." Like, I said, "Cool. Like, let's give him some pain relief. It's really important, I think, with feet injuries and recovery." And <clears throat> yeah, and he was funny as like <laughs> he was like. Dad, we need to come back to Hotham every year. (laughs) And his dad's just videoing him and thinking it's a grand time. (laughs) I love seeing those videos. They're the best. There's a whole, like, there's heaps of them on YouTube. Oh, there's some good ones, eh? One of my favourites is this young girl who's obviously had her wisdom teeth out and she's sitting there with, I don't know what she's got in her chest, but some sort of drainage device. And um, she's, like, kind of out and she looks up. And she's like, oh. and her mum's videoing her. It's like, mum, they need to put my tongue back in. <laughs> and she's like, darling, yeah. it's not your tongue. She's like, mum, I think I would know if it's my own tongue. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah, it's the best. You know, the nursing, that's amazing. So, like, obviously I've just heard all about why you want to be a nurse, but... 
Is it got something to do with you literally travelled around the world and you want coming back to be a bit more grounded and stable? Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. Like, it's interesting because certainly finishing school and first few years out of school, I definitely wanted to travel a lot. Because like, you've been everywhere. You're 32, which is not old. Um, yeah, I've been, I guess, like, just bits and pieces of places. Like, spent a lot of time in Canada, a little bit of time in Japan in terms of work. And then, yeah, worked for companies, going to places in Southeast Asia. Um, I, yeah, mates who, the parents who run places in, like, Fiji and um, uni took me to East Timor and, um, yeah, and a bit, like, just travelling in Europe, like, had family and stuff over there and, like, but certainly I think for me travelling... One travel a lot, but being really lucky that had people that have been connections. Like that's the best way to travel. Yeah, you know, I had you know family living in Istanbul, and you know, not a place Turkey. that I would ever think of going. Like yeah. before going there, but the most amazing like city and country, like just so fascinating the history and. And this, like, Istanbul skyline's stunning. Like, the mosques, like, you couldn't, yeah, on the Phosphorus River, like, there's not many places that are more beautiful. And then, yeah. The Phosphorus River. Phosphorus. The Phosphorus. The Phosphorus. <laughs> so it's like, mate, get down to Pones or she's Phosphorus every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's because all the sewage runs out the Pones. <laughs> glows green, especially after payday, it glows green. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So you're well travelled, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think awesome. you know, and I like really like travelling that way. Being able to like connect with one of the best experiences I had, um, a girl and her part. Well, she was Norwegian. Her partner's um, Swedish at the time, and she worked in Hotham and then Canada at the same ski resort. Worked at and then worked same ski resort in Japan. And I was like, right, you know, I want to know where you're from. And so I was lucky to live, like, not live, but, like, visit her in the town she grew up in and lived in. And, um, yeah, so she, in like, crazy. So my youngest sister, Soph, she actually got along. She was in Canada the same year that Mary was. She's a Norwegian girl. And so Mary and Soph and I all grew up on sheep farms. Like, she grew up in, um, in Salda in, in Norway and it's all highlands. And so really fascinating how similar it is to how it used to be, I guess, on the Bogon High Plains um, around Omeo and the leases that were had for cattle grazing. So they have leases for sheep grazing, similar yep. sort of stuff. And um, anyway, Sophie and Mary got along really well. So they decided to get like stick and poke tattoos at the end of the Canadian season. of like, What's little, a stick and poke? Um, well, instead of using a tattoo gun, it's a stick and they... Push the, the ink in. Oh, yeah. yeah. the, the traditional. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have a ball. So they decided to get little sheep on their wrists that were matching. And anyway, I don't know how Mary held hers out, but they've done it and she's held it out and realised, she's like, oh, my sheep's upside down. Oh. Anyway, so it's like, no, it's okay, it's on purpose because I'm from down under and you're from, you know, North Texas, <laughs> so it all works out. It's <laughs> pretty cluey. <laughs> yeah, she's. She's quick, so. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I went to visit Mary over where she grew up and, yeah, like, just stunning country, like, being able to hike up onto, the, you know, the highlands there and they've got cabins 
everywhere and it's fascinating. So her mum, Mary's mum, is American Norwegian. So they have all these like in each cabin that they sort of own, but it's leased land. They build the cabins there and they, in the winter, will ski up there, but in the summer they graze. And so the journals or the logbooks in the cabin are all written in English because Mary's mum's American. And so you, like, flip through it and there's, like, stories in there from when, like, Mary was, you know, three and she's got two younger brothers and then, you know, talking about how she's so impressed how, you know, Mary and her brother, like, hiked, skied up 10Ks in the snow today and their dad, like, picked them up and, like, handled them over the rocks and put them back down to ski all the way to the hut and, you know, Mary's dad's carrying, like, a pack on the front and a pack on the back and I had a, you know, she had a pack with the youngest on the front and then the pack on the back. Like, they're just hardcore over yeah, there. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Like, they're made, yeah, of different stuff to the rest of the world. And, like, Mary's mum used to joke about... What sort of elevation are they living in over there? Oh, I actually have no idea. It wouldn't be too dissimilar to, like, Cotton, like... Glanby. Yeah, that sort of area, I yeah. reckon, because they live on the fjords, so they're quite low, but then Cheers, it's Ruby. super, super, like, quite drastic to hike up onto the high plains and all the highlands over there. <clears throat> but one of the things with um, Mary, used to travel Japan, Australia, Canada, and always go to see waterfalls and stuff on hikes. She was just always, like, not that thrilled. And we're just like, what's going on with Mary? Like, why doesn't she love these waterfalls? Like, they're stunning. Like, they're so beautiful. But she was just, like, not impressed. And then got over to Check Norway. <laughs> like, Checkmate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, waterfalls in Norway are next level, that's for sure. Insane. Yeah, wow. Yeah. A lot of water over there, though. Never an issue that they have compared to Australia, water. Mm. So your parents, you've got, so like you said, we've, we know you've got two sisters and two, and a younger brother, mm. a younger, bigger brother. Mm. Um, <laughs> six, six? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, man, that's massive. Does he play football? He does, he's a ruckman. Mm. Wouldn't have thought he was a centre <laughs> 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 Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Sam's coming in. <laughs> Who's he play for? Omeo Benambra. So he plays for the local team that way. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm. So, but yeah, sorry, digress. Uh, you <laughs> reckon? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Your parents are obviously really supportive. You've got, mm. so like I follow you guys on Instagram and that, you know, like, Trying to, I think Indy is Indy riding the hunting and yeah, outdoors. Yeah, definitely. Lots of hunting, lots of fishing. And and Soph, did Soph have the clothing, or was that Indy? Did it was so oh Indy had the clothing. Indy yeah, was doing yeah, a bit of the, the clothing, clothing sort of clothing, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So your parents are obviously all for and all supportive of mm. everything that you guys are up to. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, so how do, like how do they feel about having you guys just spread all over the world? Yeah. <laughs> Here um, we are in Omeo and our kids are in wherever. Like, yeah, wherever. Yeah. And they and it is like funny, hey, because like yes. Yeah, so do you ever talk to them about it? Like Yeah, well like I think <clears throat> and you know, our parents are amazing and they're definitely yeah, like our rocks and they're in our court and you know, at the end of the day, like any parents just want your kids to be happy, I think, and like 
And obviously you have different ideas about what is good and happy for your kids, which is fair. And, but I, it's pretty funny. Like, um, so my, yeah, like I've said previously, my mum's from (coughs) Western Australia and the way that dad (coughs) met mum was dad was traveling around Australia with a mate and basically got to, um, they got to like Mullawar, where my mum's from, like inland of Geraldton, and they ran out of money. And so um, mum, yeah, basically, you know, hooked up with dad over there and the rest is history and blah, blah, blah. And um, and I think just the fact that, yeah, they'd travelled, yeah, so much, like that obviously had a big part of it. Like, yeah. And I think that in reality, like, Travelling Australia in their era was kind of like a bit like travelling the world. The world. One, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what brought them together. Like they knew they were so lucky to probably meet each other by having those experiences. And and so they've got really strong ties in WA. And I remember one of our last trips we did over there as a family, like Soph was still in high school, but the rest of us had sort of moved out of high school and started doing stuff with our lives, I guess. And so Campbell was doing, he's an apprentice at the time as a liney. So like he works power lines these days. And, and then Indy had just started her, um, like a enrolled nurse study. And I was halfway through, um, so like an applied science degree, but it's called adventure ecotourism. So it's just like a tourism guiding. How many degrees do you have? Um, just two. Too. Um, she likes to learn. She did say I that. Oh, I know. She has a hex debt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky those ones aren't as worth as much as the doctor's <laughs> hex debt. But anyway, yeah, but so. You don't get paid what a doctor gets paid. No, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. That's where the hex debt comes yeah, in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. Anyway, so dad used to do this. So when he was catching up with mates back in WA when we were over and every, all the mates, old friends from when he was in his 20s are asking, oh, so, you know, what do you kids do? What are they up to? And he's like, oh, well, you know, so I'm still at school, Indy's studying nursing, Campbell's in a linesman apprenticeship. And Carrie, I don't really know what she does. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a teacher, you know, you can't really... At the point, you couldn't put a label on it, but it took a little bit more to explain. But I remember, um, I think might have been after that trip, and I remember hearing that a few times and kind of giggling to myself a little bit. And I remember Dad saying, you know, like, Carrie, I wasn't, like, overly convinced that you could make something of what you wanted to study and what you're interested in, but just to let you know, like, I'm really proud to know that you have and, like, you're obviously really successful and, like, quite good at what you at what you do. So I think at the end of the day, like... That's beautiful that he yeah. did that. That's yeah. awesome. And so it's, yeah, great that I think, yeah, just that's the essence of what our parents are to us. Like, yeah. they're just supportive no matter what, really. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. And I think as a parent, like, as much as I tell my kids to hurry up and grow up and bugger off, <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really Ultimately, I just want to walk around. <laughs> yeah. I just want to walk around my house naked again. And <laughs> <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> but my what makes me happy might necessarily might not. Well, I can tell you, it's not going to make my kids happy. Mm. So, so it's interesting, and that's why I asked the question because you know ultimately I'd, I'm always trying to figure out 
parenting. You'll never figure that out. No one's ever figured that out. I was going to say, no one has. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a person not on know, the planet yeah. that has figured out parenting. No, yeah, you, yeah, you probably are. Well, the yeah, Sam's are doing it pretty good. Oh, I'm, sure they've, so. I'm sure they've had the... <laughs> 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 I'm sure there's been some challenges. Nothing... Uh, well, that wasn't the right word, so <laughs> I stopped myself. Nothing worthwhile doing is easy. So, yes. um... Dad's yeah. quote all the time yeah 100% yeah exactly right you never like if getting to the top of Mount Taylor was easy it wouldn't be satisfying mm. yeah so true so um, did you know did you know Mount Taylor's I think it's only like 20 metres of vert shy of Mystic oh. did you know that cool no didn't have you yeah. ridden Taylor yeah, I have. Lucky. Lucky. Don't trust me. Don't so trust me on that. I should have asked. Like, you just wing that out. Did you really? You I, just bullshitted that again. No, I'm pretty sure I know that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep a fucking check on you, hey. You start spilling out all these things. And... So you've ridden Taylor. Yeah, Good. yeah. Um, so, yeah, spent a bit of time living down this way over the years. So, yeah, have a little spend a little bit of time there. I'd love to spend more time at Taylor, honestly. Um... Yeah, and you guys are obviously, yeah, doing plenty of works there ongoing. So, yeah, keen to, yeah, definitely should this summer. That's the plan to get over. My brother lives in town. Why don't you stay with him? Yeah, let, let us know when you come down. We've yeah. got some Give ideas. Mm. If, you're, if you're heading this way, you need to hit us up. Yeah, Because we've got some ideas. We just put on a um, our first female ambassador too. Oh, did you? Cool. Amelia Freeman, yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah she's, nice. sick. she's sick. Yeah. She is awesome. She, yeah, she, she, she really pops up. I, I <laughs> love That's great. Her. She's so nice. <laughs> she's taking me on rides, teaching Aww. me tricks, stuff, new techniques to go riding. I love it. She's so nice. <laughs> you look up you to Amelia though, the way it? my daughter looks up to you. Your daughter calls me grandma. <laughs> yeah, but that's too, that's when you're around. But as soon as you're not around, she's like, I just want to ride like yeah, Roo. I love <laughs> Frankie and Daisy. They're so cute. Yeah, they're good kids. No, um, that's great. Yeah, definitely let us know when you come down. Let's, yeah. Let's go no, riding. That'd, That'd be, be fun. great. So you're still doing a bit with ATC, with Shannon and the crew? Yeah, well. New shop. Around. Oh, yeah, no, Flash. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I, Unfortunately, um, their opening coincided with a big party event. Sorry, Shannon. Busted. Yeah. I'm sick. <laughs> it's that heavy beer. I asked the question earlier, and we did. And now the <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm super keen to get down and look at it. And yeah, like I think I've got a. I've been think. I've got a. You know, I think Ash and Shannon and the crew there always go, oh, so what are you up to this summer? Because we're going to be busy and I'll let them know from around. But, yeah, it seems like I'm pretty keen for the summer. So I don't know how they're going with stuff for the shop and they're obviously going to be pretty busy, but I'd love to do some guiding and, and you know, instructing and stuff again because yep. I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, it's just, like, such a great area to do it. And, um, yeah, which I think also I heard whispers that maybe there's stuff happening on the other side as well, which is great. No mere side, so for them. In, oh, yeah. Is it, yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't know if they're looking at 
opportunities over there. But yeah, we'll see. Um, just with primary school and that sort of thing. But yeah, anyway, that'd be great to do that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, there's absolutely there's big opportunities at Omeo if you're if you're willing and have the capability. Yeah. Nuts. The nuts. Yeah. Oh, we're really excited with the Alpine School kids because Omeo side's so much closer than Bright side. And we often take crew down to yeah. Bright. Yeah. And that like top section behind the pool there, like for skills progression is amazing because yeah. you've got that green to sort of what like the jumps line, I guess. And yeah, like you can just sit your staff, I reckon, like part way down and the kids can just lap. Like yeah, yeah right. Perfect. So, and they're never very far. And then the pump track as well. And, you know, there's some really good options for, for progression, I reckon. Did you hear Carrie mention the word green? Yeah, I <laughs> like green trail. A, I had a little bit of a cringe. You, <laughs> you got to remember, we have crew that have never ridden a bike. Exactly. Before. Yeah. yeah, get them on yeah, bikes. At one point, we never rode a bike. Get them on bikes. Yeah, it's true. So <laughs> Don't remember when that was. No. <laughs> Too many concussions. Yeah. <laughs> get them on bikes. Uh, yeah, indeed. No, I do. I, I not about. I'm not against green. I know. I just like oh, fucking with you. That's all. It's just a thing now. Down you, Andre. It's just a thing. You just you paint me as a bad person. Yeah, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was. Two and a half hours. That's two and a half hours. Two and a half hours of carry. Oh, too much, surely. No, I feel no, like that was good. Huh? Yeah, that was good. I feel like we could keep going. I've got lots of other questions, but probably like. Got my brother's 30th tomorrow, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really. you can go ahead if you like. I don't mind. So. 30. Mm. We can push on. So. <laughs> No, no, that's good. Two and a half hours, Carrie. You've, it's been awesome talking to you and and getting an insight. It, it, I, I feel like probably the one question I've been wanting to ask is, do you feel like you are like I'm not even I'm not even sure how to how to ask or how to phrase it, but do you are you feel like do you feel like you and your sisters as well and, and there's other heaps of other chicks out there as well but paving the way for for new gen or the next gen country chicks coming through living that outdoor lifestyle yeah like i hope so rather than trying to settle into that Mm. job and yeah i think i yeah and i know you're saying like i think i really hope so and, you know, honestly, like, when I look at my sisters, I'm so inspired all the time what, with what they're doing with their lives. And, like, you know, gosh, like, I, like, love seeing Indy take her girls fishing. That's and, awesome to and, watch that. And, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, Ella's, like, she's two. Like, her reaction to the fish and yeah. catching the fish and she'll just, like, baby that fish for <laughs> the longest time because <laughs> she loves it. So I think it's the most important part is that we have people to inspire us and the fact that, yeah, like I hope that I'm like that for someone else because I have so many people in my life that are like that for me. And then there's the other side of the coin of the the support. So it's like comes back to your parents and your family or your friends or your mates that go like, let's get out, let's try this. And like Ruby said, like, you know, people that teach you stuff and like want you to grow and are there to motivate you, that's 
yeah, it's kind of like how you, that's the people you want to surround yourself yeah. by. And I think, you know, that in combination, like people, young women, young men, doesn't matter who it is, they'll move mountains really. So yeah, that's what you want. So you really want to just surround, and I keep saying this to quite a few of the young crew that hang around us, if you surround yourself with the people that you want to, Surround yourself with the people that inspire you. Mm. You'll you'll automatically be pulled forward. If you surround yourself with, um, I, like I, again, I'm uneducated, but I used to have a boss that say would say to me, "If you surround yourself with monkeys, you'll become one." Yeah. You know, so if you're constantly looking for for to the next best thing, well, not the next best thing, but if you if you're constantly surrounding yourself with inspiring and positive people, you'll automatically be pulled <laughs> pulled forward. Which button is the whimsical button? It's like, oh, is it? Hang on. That one? I think it's the push it. No, that's wrong. No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Brooke button? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> No, you, you're hundred percent right. You got to. That's what you got good friends for. You surround yourself with good people. Yeah, okay. Truman used to say it all the time. Shit breeds shit, isn't that the fucking yeah, truth? A lot of truth. <laughs> Truman used to say it all the time. Boy, if you surround yourself with monkeys, you'll become one. And on that note, I'll work for you, Trimmy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Carrie, you're an absolute legend. It was awesome to meet you. Yeah, yeah, you too. And yeah, awesome to have, you know, come along, Dan. Thanks for the invite. Oh, no, yeah, it's good, mate. Amazing. I really appreciate it. I'm super stoked to even have Ruby in the same room um, hearing some of your story and uh, some of the R Sam story. <laughs> so, yeah, sick. So, really appreciate it. And uh, on that note, Thank you, champions. We're out. Chicken button. This is our life podcast with Dan and Dre.